Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast, and with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of this show, El Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? Episode one hundred and two. It's funny now because like everyone's like, "Oh, there's no so- there's no soccer jersey numbers that are up to 100. Ha! Jokes on you because you haven't watched League of Mackies. So- or or even or even that. I was actually going to refer to the hundred and two Dalmatians. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm. I'm just, it wasn't that bad of a movie, but you know, I, I liked it. I like 100. I like uh, Disney movies, even the real life ones. They're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. As long as it's not the live action Lion King movie, I wasn't a fan of that one. Okay, so I haven't fully seen it yet. Like I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've this, never. Fully this is gonna sat be the dumbest reason why I don't like the live action Lion King movie. But um, is it because they don't have Matthew Broderick? No, I mean, I mean, Matthew Broderick killed it, but I mean, it's not that. I, the cast is not the issue. I will say, Timon and Pumbaa, Seth Rogen, you, you let me down there on the, on that one. Uh-huh. Um, but, and then Timon, the, the, the comedian that they got to play Timon was, he's actually funny, but I just don't think he was the right fit for Timon. Timon. I mean, the OG Timon, no matter what, his voice was just iconic and it just fit. To, maybe like just because, you know, me growing up, because I mean, Edward, you and me watched like Lion King at least like fifty times once in one in one day. So, um, and that was with the VA, VHS. So you had to be patient enough to rewind every single time. I mean, most of the time, you and me just fast forward to the fight scene. But the thing that I didn't like about the the new the live action, no, not really. It's not even live action. It's just it's CGI, but it's you know real lions allegedly. Um, I just don't like. The, the lack of facial expression from the animals. Yeah. Like, it just felt, like, disconnected in some way. And I get it that, like, you're not really going to get a, a fa- much facial expression from animals in, in real life. Um, I mean, besides Robo, Robo has, like, the all-time awkward face 
uh, that I've ever seen, not just in a, in a, in an animal, but like in a human being as well. Like, I think he could, he could be the star of the office with, with his awkward face. But, um, no, yeah, that was just my issue. I didn't like the, the fact that there was like no emotion from the animals' faces, which once again, I know it sounds totally stupid, but, uh, but yeah, that's my thought about the Lion King. Actually, weirdly enough, the fact that we're talking about Lion King here, um, Emma was watching Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. No. She was watching it. Uh, I went over to her house. We were, we were eating uh, Panda Express. And, um, and yeah, she was watching Lion King 2. And I was just like, wow. And, and then also, I remember the songs. So that, that should tell you how much we, we've watched Lion King movies. I mean, to be honest, I did like the second one. It just kind of like, it, it's because you like Kobu. Kobu was badass. Kobu was badass. But I think what it, what the second one did is like it, it did romanticize it like a bit more than the first one. The first one was literally about bro. The second and, one went to straight to VHS. No, I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't. It, it went straight to VHS. I thought it was in theaters. Holy! Let me see. I mean, I could have sworn it was a part uh, movie theater for a little bit, and then it went to VHS. Um, damn, I don't, I know for a fact that Lion Guard or Lions Guard or whatever that one was straight to stream DVD, yeah. or whatever you want to say. So, but but unlike the 1994 box office hit, which grossly nearly 80. 80, I know 80, 800 million worldwide. Disney's Lion King 2 Simba's Pride will not be opening at theaters near you on Tuesday. Instead, the family film will make its debut at video stores. I think, I think that's when they first started doing, uh, straight to VHS. Yeah, straight to VHS because they, they were looking for that revenue instead of like the ticket sales. They were looking for the VHS sales, you know, cause then, cause then think about it too. Um, they didn't re-release like Lion King in theaters. They what they did is like they did that Diamond Edition, where it was uh, on Blu-ray. Remember? Yeah, it was like digital and Blu-ray, so you could have it on DVD. So and now you don't even need that now because it's on Disney Plus. So how much were VHS back in the day? Like I don't remember. Maybe twenty bucks. Like were they twenty-five bucks? Like how a DVD would be? Like when it first came out? I can honestly not answer that question because whenever. I started buying my own movies. They were DVDs. So, and then Blu-ray. Bro, I still, so. I still, I still remember. I was like, so, I was like, so, not, I'm not going to say dirt poor, but I was like, so, you know, like, not frivolous to buying things. I would record the movies when they would come on TV and then I would pause it to, not, to like, you know, I just get the blank tapes. I would get the blank tapes that my parents would buy for their video camcorder. And then they're like, hey, I thought we had more tapes. I was like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one that did that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I do remember, I think I have a copy of Aladdin and it was because we, we recorded it from TV. Cause I remember, cause it also, it has parts of like, like, I guess the next thing that, that came after it was like an episode of Barney. So. Oh man. So yeah, that's a, I don't think I have that, that tape anymore, but it, I'm pretty damn sure it got lost somewhere in the garage sale or something. I don't fucking know. Nah, we don't do garage sales. My mom, my mom's a hoarder. Um, no, lost somewhere. Well, yeah, man. Oh, so yeah. So before before we recorded this one, it's Labor Day. Um, but um, uh, bruh. So we went to Gringos uh today. Um, 
which obviously is Monday. We record, we dropped these episodes on Friday, but I went to go get Gringos. And um, now that I pointed out to my sister about you know my problem um, with with the serving staff. Um, oh God! Don't tell me you did it there too. Yeah. Uh, I, oh wait! At least was she cute? Was she at least pretty or something? It was like, a guy. Oh God! I told you it's not like gender specific. I like the joke. Was, I thought it. I thought I, it was. I said specific. that last week. I literally said. I know. I know. But in my mind, I'm thinking maybe it is gender specific. Maybe he thinks it's not gender specific. Maybe it's him. You know, trying to get the moves going on. You know, what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. But no, I, I get. I get. Oh man. Yeah, like. But you pointed it out to your sister. I, well, I, I was talking about it because I, I I thought it was hilarious about the whole you getting lost in in the waitress's eyes. And oh I, I just I just had to tell everybody, and, and when you, know, you find it hilarious. Okay, so so check this out. So I introduced one of my coworkers' friends, like one of my friends, to to the podcast, and the very first episode is <laughs> the latest one. I got I got lost in her. <laughs> so he just. He, he was like, he was listening to it. I was like, I'm walking out. I don't want to hear this right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I was just like, oh, man. what? What, he, like, what they tell you? I mean, he, 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 he. Okay, so he's gonna listen to it fully when he has a chance. So he probably when he got home, and then, but I, I, I'm gonna introduce him to stuff. I told him I was like, he was always talking about soccer, life, and all this and that, like so shit that happens in daily, weekly, whatever have you. But I was just like, man, I can't believe I did that shit. To this day, I'm to, to today. I'm just like we still haven't even gotten to pluckers back to pluckers and shit. <laughs> I mean, it's only been a week. Uh, it's literally only been a week. I mean, oh, dude, it feels like it's been forever, man. Um, totally it feels like it's been. Well, your hangover was probably that bad. Oh <laughs> man, dude. Uh, but yeah, so like the the waiter came in. Well, so he comes back with the drinks, and he was like, "You ordered a coke, right?" I was like, uh, "Dr Pepper." He's like, "Yeah, it should be a Dr Pepper." And then I kind of looked like, hmm, "I don't know." Oh, so you started making that joke about like it's a Coke or it's Dr Pepper or it's a Diet Coke, and, and then shit. I took I took a sip, and then I was like, "Oh, you got lucky this time." And then we just started oh, all laughing, God. and then my sister just looks at me and she's like, she's just kind of like, "Yeah, you have a problem." <laughs> but yeah, like at problem, the same time, she was like, "I don't think it." Like she said, "Like I don't think there's anything harmful about the fact that you just like to joke it's, with the wait staff. It's nothing." Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not like you're being a creep or like yeah, not, like it's not, not creepy. creepy. It's not creepy at all. So like she's like, I don't think it's as bad as you think it is. But whenever you have kids, you're going to embarrass the fuck. Oh out of them. So, yeah, pretty much. Hands uh, down. Yeah. Bro, I'm, I'm, if you ever take my kids out, that's cool. Whatever. Just just if they come at me and tell me Uncle Hagen did that, I'll be like, I warned y'all. <laughs> I was like, I warned y'all. Like, but like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so so yeah, we got quite the episode for you. Obviously, we're gonna wrap up the transfer watch. Transfers are done. Um, I mean there's rumors, but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that because you know, transfer the transfer's over. We'll get back into it kind of near near the end of December and going into January, because obviously that'll be the next transfer window. Uh we got some headlines to talk about. We got a debate topic from something that went very viral this past weekend. Uh, we'll definitely touch up about it. We have an interview this episode. So we interviewed Filippo Silva of Tactical Manager TV. Uh, so he comes in to talk, talk about basically how Tactical Manager came to be, uh, kind of humbly bragging the fact that he's Brazilian. Um, so that doesn't hurt me in any way. And, <laughs> you know, 
Can you get cool. <laughs> You're cool, man. You're cool. Actually, You're cool. Look, he's living, look he's living I like to I like to say that we're from our family's from Salvador and you know there's a city in Brazil called Salvador. So there, it depends look, there's it depends a big 100% population of Salvadorians that just support Brazil and it's only because they beat Mexico. Okay? So Oh, that I didn't know. I just for I just for Brazil because of Ronaldinho and Rivaldo and Ronaldo. Yeah, how many how many of our family members rooted for Brazil? Like we have zero connection to Brazil besides the fact that we can say Salvador, Brazil, and El Salvador. Like maybe there's some common ground there. You 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 like you like Brazil because uh, you know like Joga Bonito. You know that's why I like Brazil. That, that shit was badass back in the day. Bro, my dad was about, was like, I remember my dad putting me on Brazil. Really? There's not many things that he put me on, but I mean, yeah, he put me on Brazil because I remember watching the 98 World Cup, which ironically Brazil lost. Um, but I remember he's like, we, we root for Brazil. That's, and I think at that point as a child, I was like, oh, we're from Brazil. <laughs> so, oh, dear God. And then I, then I had to, here. you know, then someone had to break it down to me that we're fam- my family's from El Salvador. So. <laughs> Like, I like how that's like the broke. bad news. Like, hey, buddy, you remember how you thought we we're you're from Brazil? I'm like, yeah. Well, <laughs> man, who who hurt you, bro? <laughs> well, you're from this country called El Salvador, where our, our yeah. legendary player was too busy snorting coke and 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 you know hooking up drinking. Prostitutes. Yeah, let's <laughs> drinking, fucking women everywhere. He was too busy partying and 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 fooling around with uh, prostitutes that he didn't didn't want to take the game seriously. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean. Maradona basically took the same round. He's a legend. <laughs> but apparently you yeah. just can't copy Maradona. That's, that's, that's the golden rule right there. But, uh, yep. but yeah, no, it was just, yeah. So, well, we talked to Filippo, talk about, you know, obviously the buildup of tactical manager, which is crazy because it's just a very short period of time that it's blown up. Um, and then obviously his thoughts on U.S. men's national team. Um, some, some, some moves, we'll definitely touch up on it in transfer watch, but, uh, uh, Filippo also talks like very informative. If you want to learn a little bit more about U.S. soccer, I highly recommend go check out Tactical Manager. Gets great interviews. Um, just really knows the game. I mean, he has a coaching background, so he is very technical savvy. Knows the game. Like, could probably teach me and Edward a lot more about the game, um, especially because Edward learned by watching Ronaldinho videos and not learning. How to pass. Not learning the basics. You mean, no, not learning how to pass normal. I'm over here doing fucking back heels in midair and shit, doing the fucking little cutbacks and all kinds of different shit, step overs, the snake, you know, elastico, like freaking everything, but except passing in front of me. I'm always looking for the difficult shit. Yeah. So, probably, so yeah. Uh, uh, probably my life in a nutshell. Having games to recap, give announcer players of the week. Obviously, highlights of games coming up this weekend that you should probably check out. And we're going to conclude our three up, three down series of the jerseys for this season with obviously my personal favorite league, Edward's personal favorite league. We assume it's Spencer's favorite league, La Liga. Um, hey. You know, Spain, like I don't, we get it. English Premier League is probably the better league. We get it. Just let we'll us, see. let us love our league. All right. The league is fun, you know. It's a fun league. Uh, I, 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 I torture myself. Real Madrid just tortures me. Okay, like this whole starting slow shit is not fun, you know, ever. And you know, it's never fun. But oh my god, this last game when I saw that midfield moving and it was Kamavinga and uh, Tuchemi and and Modric. 
Modric, who apparently may be 30, 37 years old, but plays like he's 22. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for the future of Real Madrid, uh, just by watching that. But, but yeah, so a lot to talk about. So we're not, we're not going to keep dragging this any further. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and y'all going to hear this great ad. And then we're going with headlines. This break was brought to you by Audible. Audible provides you a large library of audiobooks that you can listen to at your convenience from horror genre all the way to biographies. Audible has it all. Make sure you guys go ahead and use the link audibletrial.com forward slash insert name FC podcast. Go ahead and get yourself a 30 day free trial. Once again, thank you to Audible for this sponsor break. And we're back. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. If you guys notice, there's something pinned on our, our Instagram and Twitter. That is the, our World Cup challenge for, through Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is a website where you can, guys can create pool challenges, survival pools, however you want to make the rules. It's totally up to you, but you can challenge your friends, see who knows what better. And our, our pool is very simple. Try to predict the winners of the group stages. And then once, once a certain period unlocks, then you can start doing your predictions for the knockout rounds all the way to the final. So if you guys participate in, and you guys end up winning the group, winning the whole, the whole thing, obviously me, Edward and Spencer are unable to win it. Um, but if, if anybody wins or the closest to winning it, um, say if I end up getting it right, um, we will give the winner a jersey of the, of the team that wins the World Cup. So that is what is, what's on the line. So if you guys want to check it out once again, it's, it's literally the pinned post on our Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC. Thank you, Run Your Pool. Also, if you guys are into the NFL or call it, well, I guess not college football, but the NFL, um, they're also doing a, Belly Up Sports is doing a Run Your Pool for, you just got to pick your lock for each week. And if you get it right, um, Belly Up will do something for you. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't really follow up on their rules. And that's on my, that's my, that's on me, Mike. That's on me. <laughs> Don't get it. I should probably look into yours, but yeah. Once again, go ahead and check it out. It is for for the for the World Cup pool. It is literally the pin tweet or post on Instagram and Twitter. So once again, add insert name FC. All right, Edward transfer watch. All right, kick things off with Hudson Adoy joining joining Bayer Leverkusen on loan. Oh. Hudson Odoi, Chelsea, right? Okay, I mean, I guess you don't remember names like that, but all right, yeah. No, I don't, I don't. I was like, I'll be honest. I was like, I had to really think about him. It's not like we mentioned his name a few times or anything like that. <laughs> I know, I know. He was your player of the, he was your player of the week, uh, I think maybe a couple of times, right? Never. <laughs> he was never, never my player of the week. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm tripping. <laughs> uh, all right. Maybe he was mine, and I don't even fucking remember. Uh, no, he hasn't. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> uh, I think I would know if someone picked uh, Hudson Odoi as their player of the week. Uh, but yeah, he's going on. To buy, he's going to buy Leverkusen. Uh, I mean, there's so many things I want to say about Chelsea right now, but I'm gonna wait till we get to the end of this. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Carlos Soler is joining PSG. So um, the curse of the captain's armband over at Valencia continues. Um, Oh man, he's he was there. With, he was in Valencia for quite some time, though. I I, I gotta say, um, but yeah. now, now he's at PSG. 
this is my question for you, Everett. Is this really like, oh my God, what a what a what a transfer or kind of like the same way we're feeling when you know now PSG gets messy, now PSG gets Sergio Ramos. Um it's like, yeah, it's cool, but I guess maybe like if it was a few years ago, maybe I'd be more excited. It's kind of like uh so like uh, oh, I guess you could say how old is Carlos Soler? Remember, remember 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 uh so like when when everybody wanted Cristiano Ronaldo to go back to 9U, you know, that kind of shit. Like kind of like when Alex Ferguson left, they wanted him kind of right back. Oh, he's 25. Um, I mean, he's 25? Nah, he's good. He's still good. He's still yeah, good. Yeah, he's good. I don't know why I thought he was old. Yeah. See, forget he's he's Spain's he's he's Spain's uh uh Mueller. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cause he looked a lot older to me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so okay, so that that just makes the makes it a little bit better. But I just don't know how you're gonna play. Like where where exactly are you playing him? I mean, actually, we should probably just move on to the next one, which is Paredes. He's joining Juventus on loan, so that clears up some space in the midfield. <laughs> yeah. He actually, uh, I believe he had his first match actually this week, but, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk more about that one, uh, later on. Are we? Um, well, okay. I could bring it up. I mean, they, it wasn't wait, too dude, bad. Are we, ta- wait, are we talking about Juventus or we're talking about PSG? No, Juventus. Are we talking about Juventus? Nah, like what, what I'm saying is like he played his first match on Juventus. Uh, they ended up tying against uh, Fiorentina. Okay. So it was, it wasn't too bad. Uh, his showing wasn't bad at all either. It was just, um, yeah, I, I guess I was probably expecting a little bit more. The thing is, he's like, you know, a box to box kind of player. So that's something that any team that would actually get Paredes would actually benefit from. Like he, he'll go back and forth. He doesn't, he can be a center defensive mid, but he can also be a center mid. So it won't just be like, oh, I'm just going to stick back here and defend. He's actually, he, he goes up. He goes down. He provides passes. So I mean, he he's a good he's a good he's a good midfielder. Is what I'm saying. So I think uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a great showing, but it wasn't also, it wasn't a bad one. It was I think it was like acceptable. Let's put it that way, like a C. There you go, a C. So for okay for a guy that just that just popped onto the team. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. Moving on. So Falfana, man, this guy's been linked. With a move for such a long time from Leicester City, and he's finally moving. He is joining Chelsea. Um, so now Chelsea now has Koulibaly and Fofana in their in their back line. Um, that just got a little bit more scary, which also means that uh, Chelsea is going to be playing a lot more boring soccer because you know they like to play defense a lot more than than attack. Um, so, yeah. but I mean, smart move for Tuchel to get. A guy like Fofana. Um, honestly, Chelsea's been very aggressive this transfer window. They, I mean, it's funny because they also would have some, what would have happened signings that they got if it wasn't for Barcelona. Um, but, oh, yeah. But I mean, even, even with Barcelona kind of like sneaking through, sneaking away some of their signings, they still got, they still were very active, you know, getting Raheem Sterling and all that. And then icing on the cake, go ahead and get Fofana. So I think. Yeah, Chelsea, you could definitely say, at least for the Premier League side, definitely won uh, the transfer window. I mean, yeah. Man City fans would probably say Man City because of the fact that they got Erling Haaland, which is pretty big. But I mean, when you yeah. look at what Chelsea did, they, they got a lot of signings, but a lot of good signings. So, 
Yeah, that's true. And they couldn't let somebody go away. But moving <laughs> on, continuing on with that, uh, Pepe, uh, Ricardo Pepe, who you know guys know went to FC Augsburg, um, hasn't really been working out that well for him over there. So he is going to uh, run again on loan. So he'll be going to the Eredivisie. Um, hopefully, he gets a little bit more playing time. Get you know, gets a little bit more action. I think the issue with with him going to Augsburg. And I, and I gotta give props to Alexi Lawless because he mentioned this on his on his podcast, uh, uh, this Alexi Lawless State of the Union podcast that he has. Um, you know, when you're playing with those lower level teams in those big leagues, you know those teams aren't really gonna get a lot of possession. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, and I mean, I I, I can't. I mean, I'm obviously with Eredivisie, there's only like three teams that I know over there, which is Alkmaar. PSV and and uh, and Ajax. So I mean, the only reason why I know about Groningen is because that's the club that I and Robin ended up going near the end of his, you know, and that's where he retired at. So besides that, yeah. I can't really tell you much about this team. I don't know if this team is a mid table team, a bottom tier team, or they contest or anything for that matter. Um, but he needs to go somewhere where he's going to play. Hopefully, this is an opportunity where he's going to be able to go and play. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He, he doesn't need that playtime, and I mean, shit, got the World Cup right around the corner. Yeah, and uh, I mean, kind of a prelude, a uh, little heads up of what tactical manager. So, you know, obviously, when everyone thinks about the U.S. men's national team, uh, we, you know, everyone keeps talking about the number nine position. Though I will say, Filippo definitely has a different perspective on what was what's a bigger um, position battle. So, stay tuned for that because it really did take me by surprise. Um, really had to change up my. My interview strategy going in there afterwards, but you know what? That's great. One, one thing, props to Felipe because he was he was really a great interview, um, in, in my opinion. So, so I would say that. But yeah, Pepe going to ground again. Um, so, so <laughs> this player, Mario Balotelli. Um, oh man! So this man got into a heated argument with his manager. So he ends up. I know what. Leaving that club because of that heated moment with his manager, and now he's joining Sion. Hmm. So Mario Balotelli essentially never grew up. Um, and I remember, you know, we talked about Mario Balotelli a few. God dang, it feels like forever now. But I remember we talked about Mario Balotelli, and he, you know, kind of him saying that if he was in a better situation, he probably could have been up with the likes of Ronaldo and Messi, and. Uh, I think you're the. I mean, I think more and more you gotta start realizing that maybe you're the problem. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, with Balotelli, he's just. Do you think? Okay, let's put it this way. Do you think that he, if if he was put in a better situation, do you think he could have been actually better? Because I mean, I'm not saying when he first came onto the scene, he was a he was a hell of a player, and I mean, he ended up. Uh, uh, club-wise and, um, you know, for Italy, he ended up playing really, really well. Like, he ended up showing up for those games. It's just outside of the pitch. His discipline wasn't there. Um, it just, everybody else overshadowed him because of the fact that his discipline wasn't up to par. Like, you know, the likes of Messi, you know, the likes of Ronaldo. You know, you, you can't really compare. Like, hell, look at Lewandowski. I mean, dude, like, 
the dude's a baller. Like you compare Balotelli to Lewandowski, striker wise, yeah, you choose Lewandowski. You want Lewandowski. Um, even even right now, like um, let's say who who would you rather have, Balotelli back in his prime or Erling Haaland? Erling like, Haaland. The thing. That's what I'm saying. Like it's because you know outside of the pitch, Erling Haaland puts in the work. But Malotelli wasn't putting in the work at the time. He kind of figured, you know, that out a little bit too late. Um, but not, I'm not saying anything uh, from him as a as a player. It's just um, he could have controlled his situation. He, but yeah, like you said, it was just he was he could have looked at himself and said maybe it was me. You know, like maybe I'm the one that would have should have done something better. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. But yeah, so he, he's uh looking for he's looking for a new club now. So that's great for him. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see where he lands. We'll see where he lands. I mean, I I wish him I wish him the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hopefully he he gets it together. I mean, he's yeah. at this point he's too so, old for this shit. So yeah. Exactly. I mean, if anything, fuck. Worst case scenario, you can go ahead and join the freaking Chinese league, Turkey league, whatever league he wants to join for the big amount of money. If that's what he's looking for. I mean, shoot, right now the, right. the Dynamo might might be might be desperate enough to get him. I, they, they just fired their coach. So yeah. Anyways, right. so um, moving on, um, Akanji. So he is a a. Promising defender, I believe, from Borussia Dortmund. Or, or you, yeah, correct me. Yeah, Akanji. Akanji is yeah. He he's, he's a young. He's a young kid from uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, he is like you said. He's a promising center back. And uh, I, honestly, I, I you know I, I actually okay. So whenever I would do like management mode, he'd be my starting. Uh, uh, you call it center back? Because I was like, man, I was like, this kid is good. Like he for a very young. I believe he's like 18, 19, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe he might be his, maybe he might be just turning twenty or twenty-one. Mm-hmm. But I mean he I think he he's a promising up and coming uh, center back. Uh let me see where he's actually from. Uh anyways, he's uh Manchester City got him. Um so Yeah. yeah so. So. Manchester City was like, Hey Bruce Dorman, you thought we were done with you? <laughs> I think they just yeah, want payback so. for for them losing Jay and Sancho to them, um, <laughs> and then him going to Manchester United. So <laughs> that's more your that's yeah. more Manchester City's fault. Um, anything else? But yeah, so Akanji going to Manchester City. This one's gonna hurt me a little bit. Um, well, just a little bit, not well, a lot. But uh, well, well, I mean, uh, I was about to tell you something like uh, Kanji basically is just like I, I I don't know how long his contract is. He maybe actually have time to shine, but he's a I'm I'm Laporte's uh, like sub as in like because of his injury. So he's gonna be like I guess short term, short term, depending on how he plays. Oh, okay. More than likely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so once again, like I said, this this is gonna hurt me a little bit, but not really. Uh, Hector Bellerin is joining Barcelona. Well, joined Barcelona. I don't know why I say he's joining. He's he's now with Barcelona, um, which is funny because everyone's been saying, "I wonder if Hector Bellerin's ever going to go back to Barcelona." Um, it seemed like he was <laughs> he was really happy at Arsenal, and then he goes to Real Betis, and then he's like, "Oh, I kind of miss Spain." And then you know, 
I mean, Arsenal essentially kind of said that we don't really want you here. And so, I mean, it opened up the opportunity. Barcelona has wanted, I, I believe they wanted Hector Bellerin back in the club. I mean, he is an academy product over there. Um, and clearly he's not Sergino Des. So, you know, that, that, that checks off Xavi's, Xavi's checklist. But yeah, so Bellerin back at Barcelona. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I always did like him when he was in Arsenal. It's just, because he's a defensive just, liability. <laughs> yeah. It's just, ah, oh, jeez. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Barca. Uh, I think what they're trying to do is they're, uh, they're trying to get quote unquote uh, seasoned veterans. It's just, there, he's not, uh, como que le faltara todavía un poco. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I think he's like in Piquet stage. He's, but he's, he's missing something. Age. Like, He's missing something. For those who don't speak Spanish. He's missing that something. I guess, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, we all said it. We even said it earlier, like, like a long time ago, before we even started the podcast. I mean, shit, me and Hector both agreed. Like, when we we were like, everybody was saying, Piquet's going to be the next captain. I was like, nah. I was like, he's missing that shit that Puyol had. He doesn't have that tenacity. I was like, man. I mean, the man's not even playing right now. So, yeah, um, he's too busy. So, I mean, he's, too, he's too busy yelling at the media for for talking about Shakira. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, man. So, I just, you good? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, as you can tell, I'm not super excited about the move. I'm just like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So yeah, Bellerin, Bellerin joining Barcelona. Uh, Dubravka, Dubravka is uh, joining Manchester United on loan. He's essentially there to be the backup goalkeeper for David De Gea. So that's all you gotta know. All right, moving on to some other stuff. So Gino Des is finally leaving Barcelona, and he's going to AC Milan to go on loan. Um, on loan. On loan. I'm, I had to reiterate. Oh, no. Like, I, I had to, I had to reiterate. I mean, are, what, you want him back at Barcelona? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you love dribblers. Um, and this is actually something that we do talk about in, um, in the inter- interview with tactical manager with, uh, with Filippo. Uh, but I mean, is it good? Yes. He's leaving Barcelona where clearly they didn't want him. The fact that they started Araujo over him at right back. Um, can tell you everything. Uh, that just, uh, yeah, that, that, that can just, just tell you everything about, you know, how Xavi feels about Sergino. Um, so do I think this is a, a, a good move for Sergino? I mean, good because, you know, he's not in Barcelona where he's not wanted. And, but I mean, okay, I don't know. Burn, I don't know if he's not going to be a starter at, 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 but I'm at pretty Milan. sure. Yeah, he's probably. But I'm pretty he'll sure get, he'll, get, he'll get. I think he'll get a fair opportunity to play for AC Milan, but especially with his versatility. But um, yeah, I don't. This isn't like, oh my god, he's instantly a starter. No, because I mean, AC, you know, AC Milan. They literally won the championship last year. Um, yeah. So I'm, and they just had they they just beat uh, Inter Milan um, already this past weekend. So. But I, leave, I think he's got, like, the percentage of him playing for AC Milan is a lot higher than 
than with Barcelona right now. So as far as yeah. like, it's a good move for him. Um, probably, probably there's other moves that he could have probably done that probably would have been more beneficial for him. But I think, yeah, he just needed to get out of Barcelona because clearly he's just not wanted there by Xavi. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, remember how these rumors were circulating? It was a while back. Like, it was, uh, we were still playing with uh, Nelson. And, uh, we, were play- we were playing uh, with the team at Swiss. And we were talking about, like, why would you not want Sergino Des? Because the right back, he's like, oh, I want him out. And Nelson was like, I want him out. And I was like, bro, I was like, he's good. Like, he, he, can, he can come up. And, you know, it just, I guess it came to fruition. Like there was those rumors circulating around Sergino Des that he was going to leave, that he was going to be gone the last transfer period. And then now it actually happened, but he's technically, technically he's not really gone, but he's on loan. So I, I don't know if Xavi's planning on like, okay, he's waiting to see what's going to happen with the right back positions that he's getting right now. And then later on, bringing Sergino Des, seeing how he turns out. Like, it, I feel like Shadi's doing that tactical move. Like, he's like, he's like, okay, if I'm gonna keep this young buck, and then I'm gonna, I'm still gonna have like a seasoned veteran on the right back position. Let me go ahead and loan out the young buck, get him some burn, and, and put the seasoned veteran on the right back position while he still has, you know, Araujo as a, you know, undecisive right back. You know, like because Araujo can play, like Araujo can do it. It's just. Uh, he, I feel like I feel like Chavez. That's what he's doing. Like he's he's putting the the tactical moves uh, for Sergino Des. Like everybody, like he even said it before. Sergino Des is not actually like out. You know, he's not actually officially out. That is that all the rumors were false. Um, it was just, I guess maybe he just wanted to put him out on loan. He wanted he wasn't just gonna you know take him out to the back and shoot him and be like, all right, go leave. Like no, like he. He legit. It, I think that's the move that's going on. I'm, I could be. I could be very hopeful. I could sound hopeful and hope that Sergino does come back and actually, you know, plays balls. Fucking starts dribbling really badass. Has more speed, but it's more power. It kind of, you know, something, something. But maybe it's. it's he's putting. Shabby sent him out just to see if he can find that on his own coming back, and then he's going to show up his grit. You know. So uh, I mean, I. Could be wrong, but I'm like like I said, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, sir. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I mean, Sergino is a is is at least one of those guys that has a safe spot with the U.S. men's national team, and and so like I would hope that he can get at least something, some form before he goes into the World Cup. You know, just because we need him, we need uh, he's he's a he's not the most important player on the team. I mean, to me. Tyler Adams is the most important player on the team, but um, he's definitely someone that we need to have in form going into the World Cup, uh, which is it's crazy to think that we're going to be talk, we're talking about the World Cup in November. But but yeah, yeah, so I mean, hopefully this is this is a move helps him out. Uh, but continuing on, man, Arthur. So obviously he went to he, uh, Barcelona, made the the amazing trade of sending Arthur to to Juventus for, in exchange for Pjanic. Um, I'm sure Edward Edward still thinks about that as the as the deal of the century. Um, <laughs> so, uh. so he is leaving Juventus to go on loan at Liverpool. Um, and I'm trying to I'm trying to think did him and Thiago ever play together? I mean, 
Uh, well, the thing is, right now, I think Thiago's out on injury. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, oh, so. like it went, I don't know if Arthur and Thiago were together in Barcelona, is what I was saying. Because I, I think no. Arthur's a little bit, no, Arthur's Arthur, a little bit, a little Arthur's bit, after. a bit younger. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little bit younger. Thiago had already left to Bayern and Arthur still wasn't up. Um, so when Arthur came through, um, and it was uh, Bayern, I think, I think Xavi had left. So that's when Pjanic came in and I think Iniesta was still there. So it was like Busquets, Iniesta, and Pjanic. Um, or did Iniesta leave first? can't remember. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, Arthur, Arthur was, was, um, was after Thiago. Uh, but it would be nice to see them both play together. They both have that, that similar playing style, but I feel like Arthur has developed more of a bit of a defensive mindset and Thiago still has the dribbler mindset. So it's, a uh, it's it's up there. Like I think I think they would they would actually collaborate and cooperate pretty well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what what that means for Liverpool in the future. Uh, sticking with the I wonder English, how Kelsey feels about that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, sticking with the English Premier League, this one definitely hurts me a little bit more. Uh, Aubameyang is joining Chelsea. Wow, that. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? Um, it sucks because, I mean, Obama was such a fun player for Arsenal. Uh, but obviously, it's not like he went straight from Arsenal to Chelsea. It's not like Olivier Giroud in, in any way. And even then, I don't really hate Olivier Giroud. Uh, I, I mostly blame Arsenal for that one. Um, but, I mean, you know, Barcelona really wanted somebody, and we'll get to him actually right immediately after this. But, you know, and... Chelsea needed a striker because, you know, they don't have one, apparently. And, um, yeah, so, and, and, and I gotta say this for Chelsea. Why did you think it was a smart idea to give him number nine? It has yet mm-hmm. to have panned out when you ever give somebody the number nine shirt. At this point, you need to burn number nine. Like, don't even let that be like an option for anyone to wear. Um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, so the situation is a little bit different. Obamang, obviously, he's he's not the same Obamang over the years. I mean, he still has his pace, and, and and that maybe, maybe you know that benefits Chelsea. But I don't know. They're more defensive. I mean, Tuchel, did, you know, he was with Tuchel at some point. Um, Christian Pulisic and and Aubameyang had had a pretty good relationship, but I don't think that really matters in any way. Uh, but yeah, and, and we're talking about Chelsea here, so I mean. I'll definitely finally say my thoughts as we're near, we're near the tail end. But anyways, the reason why Aubameyang is going to Chelsea is because now Alonso is joining Barcelona. Yep. Ah, yep. I mean, I'm... Ah, Jesus. What is that? What is up with getting these seasoned veterans? I mean, shit. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, Brad. I, you got me a little bit of a hole here. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You know, you know me. You know me. Like, you know, I go ahead and go for the young bucks or like bring them from La Masilla. This, this right here, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't. 
So I can't honestly tell you what the deal is, what the situation is. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting situation. That is for sure. But, um, well, you know, we're just, you know, left me on the fly like that. All right. <laughs> so, uh, kind of continuing on though, uh, sticking with, with, uh, with Chelsea, uh, player for Juventus, uh, Zakaria. He is, he is joining Chelsea on loan as well. Um, can't really tell you much about him. I, I, I didn't even know he was at Juventus to be honest, but yeah, he is, he's not with Juventus anymore. Um, he's going to be at Chelsea on loan. So anyways, and then kind of want Edward here for this one, but, uh, Barton Brightwave, he is no longer with Barcelona. I'm sure he's, he's, he's very I'm satisfied here. that. I was- I'm here and I'm oh so sad. Hooray! Yeah, and he is actually like now with, uh, with the Happy Bucks. He's actually now at Espanol, so I'm sure I'm sure that upset isn't going to happen in Ooh. any shape or form. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't bite Edward in the ass. Um, but yeah, Martin Braithwaite over at Espanol now, uh, still in Barcelona in, in some sense. Um, and uh, to to wrap up transfer watch is John Brooks. Who initially looked like he was going to go to Mallorca, ends up joining Benfica. So, uh, yeah, pretty good move for bro. him. Um, but before we get into headlines, I just got to say this: Chelsea, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Damn. You okay? You could have just let you. You could have just let Pulisic go. You could have just let him go. Hell, you could have sent him soft after for all I care. It's just, you're, you're going to keep him at Chelsea, which he's not happy about. Everybody knows he's not happy about it. Um, apparently Tuchel doesn't trust him. Um, I don't know why, but apparently he doesn't trust him. Um, and, and you're going to keep him. I feel like there's some weird, like, you know, like conspiracy theory now coming in that like, England does not want Christian Pulisic in form whatsoever. So they're keeping him in Chelsea where he's not going to play maybe like a few minutes, from, like at the tail end of every match. So he doesn't have any form to go into the World Cup. So when England has to play the USA, they have a, a, a better chance at beating the US. That's my conspiracy theory. I'm going to live with it. I'm going to stick with it because this is some bullshit. Like, you could have <laughs> let him go to Juventus. You could have let him go anywhere. But no, he, he's he's unhappy. He wants to go somewhere he's going to play. Newcastle even wanted him. Why couldn't you let him go to Newcastle? And so, yes, I am very, very livid about how Chelsea handled the Christian. Top bowling. The American owner, which is kind of also could be a way to debunk my conspiracy theory here, but you make all these fucking signings and you see your your Captain America is not happy here, and you're like, nah, let's just keep him here. Even though he's not happy, clearly the coach Tuchel does not trust him. From all reports that we've been seeing, maybe it's media just throwing BS at our at our way, but it clearly shows because Pulisic doesn't play. So yes, I'm I'm very not happy with this. I am not happy at it with it at all. Chelsea, you guys are hoes. This gives me another reason why I shouldn't like Chelsea. Um, Hopefully, hopefully the next time Arsenal plays a, a better team, 
they can actually win that game. Um, so, oh yeah, also Arsenal lost to Manchester United. That didn't hurt me in any way. Um, but yeah, anything you want to say about Chelsea, Edward? Um, honestly, the only thing that I'm really thinking of actually is the whole Obama Yang move. I mean, for Obama Yang, I think it's it's an okay it's okay move. Like I'm not upset. I'm not mad. I mean, there's really a lot to fight over. Like not a fight over, but like to compete against for a striker position. Um, but at Chelsea, I think. No, 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 no. At Barcelona, where he was at. So I feel like, I mean, you, you're going up against Lewandowski, and Lewandowski has been showing the numbers already at the very beginning that he's been there. Um, so it, in order to compete with him, I mean, I'd rather, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm happy for Obama Yang. It's just, I, I don't know how I would feel whenever the Chelsea Arsenal match would come through, how the Arsenal fans would react to that. Because his, um, his Barcelona stint, I, his Barcelona stint was, was really short. It was really short. It was not like Fabregas. It was literally half a season. No, it, was, it was literally half a literally. season. Literally, yeah. Um, that's what I'm no, saying. It was a short stint. I think I think most Arsenal fans. I, I okay. Prime example: if you if you if anybody knows about this Arsenal fan, um, troops, troops. You know, very very well known Arsenal fan. You know. Kind of got some fame through Arsenal fan TV. Now he's with Barstool with, uh, back at it again with troops. Um, very entertaining podcast, by the way. If you want to, if you just want to hear an angry, uh, British Jamaican, uh, just, just going off about Arsenal. It's, it's, it's entertaining. <laughs> um, but I mean, he, he's a big Obamian fan. Like he loves Obamian. He, you know, he, he, he has, he coined the phrase Obama who, Obama what, you know, you know, all that. Um, I just don't, I think at this point where bombing is at his, at his age, uh, and I, and I don't know, Chelsea's a weird team as far as their attack goes. They're more defensive. Um, a bombing, it, a bombing will press. I don't, he's not Ronaldo, but, um, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll press, but it's like he plays more of that, um, he'll press more, he, he presses more than he'll, Ronaldo, that's for sure. He, um, he, he plays more of that speed ball anyways. Like he, he, he's looking for that through ball. He's looking for that run. He makes the run. He'll drag. If he has to play in the wing, he'll drag. That's the reason why he actually worked at Barcelona as well. Because Barcelona has that playing style where the wingers will drag the defenders and then they'll let the striker, they'll let whoever's playing that false nine or they'll play the nine to go ahead and go in and score or try the attempt or pass the ball, something. So I think for Chelsea... It, it's a good, it's a good move. Um, I'm not saying it's not. Man. I just don't think that yeah. there's Arsenal fans that are going to be like. I'm sure there is going to be some Arsenal fan, I, but I'm just saying with the fact that I was pointing out mentioning troops is because uh, troops isn't necessarily like angered by the fact that Chelsea got a bombing, and I think he kind of also sees like a bombing is kind of near towards the tail end of his career, anyways. Um, and I mean, you kind of got to remember like. Chelsea, they got, they went and got Lukaku, who inarguably is a player that I wish could one day play for Real Madrid. Um, he, 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 you know, you got literally one of the best strikers in the world and, and you did nothing with him. Actually, he didn't even play. Um, and, and I mean, you bring in a bombing. I mean, he's playing because he's literally your only striker unless you, you just keep playing Kai Havertz at front. 
But um, I don't know if, if, if Aubameyang is really going to be the answer for for Chelsea's attack. I mean, they still have a pretty good attack. I'm not saying their attack is bad or anything like that, but obviously Chelsea's more defensively. Like that's what Tuchel is known for is his defensive uh, strategies. But like, yeah, once again, I, I just don't think there's going to be any Arsenal fans that are, at least majority of the Arsenal fans, I don't think there's any like anger towards Aubameyang. I think a lot of people kind of realized it was time for Aubameyang to go. Um, if this young core players really were going to grow and, um, you know, it was just an unfortunate reason, but obviously Arsenal has, has, has actually worked out because of Obama being gone. Um, I just don't know if, if, if he really is going to be all helpful for Chelsea, but you know, we don't know. See, maybe him and Raheem Sterling is the group, is the, is the team up there, but yeah. So, okay. So yeah. I, I asked about Pulisic and he goes to Obama, but all right. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. But it's just, it's just, um, that's where, I'm, that's where I'm. All right, so moving on to headlines, man. So headlines. So apparently, there's this thing called financial fair play that, uh, that you know, they're supposed to, you know, do their job and and you know investigate and all that. So apparently, UEFA has actually conducted an investigation, following up on financial fair play, and they have fined eight clubs and have a few that are they're monitoring, based off last year. So you know, obviously not. Not 22, 23, but 21, 22. That year, they did the investigation. So the clubs that were fined was PSG with 65 million. I think that's fair. And I don't even think that's like anybody could like argue about PSG. Like, no, yeah. Yeah, they did some stuff. Um, which I, I, I gotta say, like, how exactly do you measure financial fair play? Is there is there like a certain percentage that they have to like? I don't I don't know. Do I really don't know because I mean, there's some clear and obvious teams that should be, if anything, be like punished for financial fair play. And to be honest, those are the teams that me and Edward root for because <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's teams that just stay up top, and there's teams that are just staying in the middle, and then there's teams that are just praying to God they don't get relegated. Um. And uh let's just be honest, the teams that are not on those two those two last ones I mentioned are not the ones that are gonna be looked out for financial fair play. But yeah, so once again, PSG for sixty five million, that should be the biggest go get no no duh right there. Um just because they dominate they dominate their league. Um there's there's no real other way of saying it. Uh Roma, uh thirty five million. I mean, they were pretty active last season from what I recall. So, you know, obviously with the Jose Mourinho, which I, I'm like, eh, is it really unfair? I mean, you know, they haven't really been relevant too much. They finally start getting some some recognition. They won the Europa Conference League, and, and now you want yeah. to punish them. Um, so I don't see that <laughs> see that as fair. Um, that's a little bit unfair. Uh, Inter Milan, twenty six million. Juventus, twenty three million. AC Milan, ah. fifteen million. Uh, this is where I'm like, I didn't even think anybody would even think about checking this team. But uh, Besiktas over in the Turkish league. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Four million. They got fined. For- I. Did, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even four million. I mean, that's compared to the other teams. Compared to those big name teams, like sixty-five million. Four million is like, oh hey, no, no. I mean, I'm pretty sure four million to them is like, oh crap. There goes our next transfer budget. Monaco. Apparently, they're violating some financial fair play. Uh, two million. 
<laughs> so, man, bro, what happened to them? I mean, Monaco was always, they were, aren't they owned by like some rich tycoon, yep. oil tycoon person? Yeah, and their strategy was oh. to, to give Mbappe to their, the team that, that, that has more money than PSG. Them. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Marcial with two million. So those are the teams that were found that they violated financial fair play. And I mean, it's like, no, okay. The no does are definitely PSG, Inter Milan, Juventus, AC Milan. Uh, Cause they clearly like, they just, they went from like, especially when you think about the Serie A, cause Serie A went like from, man, this league is, is dead. It's been dominated by Juventus. To then enter Milan and AC Milan, you know, win went back to back and win their tight their the the league titles. So yeah, there's some ske- there's some sketchiness there. So I mean, I don't, I totally get that PSG, Inter Milan, Juventus, AC Milan should definitely be there. Should be some some kind of sketchiness as to what they did with their finances. Um, Roma, I I think that's a little bit unfair for them. I don't know what happened with them. I know they got pretty active in the in the in transfers. Um, Besica. I mean, I, I'm finding out that they, they have some financial dominance apparently in their league, which I think you can say, if that's the case, then where's Galatasaray and, um, and Fender Batching? Cause I mean, those are two teams that I know for sure also are always up top on their league. Um, shoot, even Travis Lepore. I didn't see, I don't see Travis Lepore. They won the league last year. Uh, Monaco and Martial is kind of a head scratcher for me just cause like they're not necessarily, I mean, Martial had not a really great year last season and Monaco, um, it's kind of like, I mean, they had a good year, but it wasn't anything spectacular. That's because PSG's in that league. <laughs> Sorry about yawning. But I just thought that was interesting. You're good, you're good. Anyways, so this is the teams that are actually being monitored by UEFA because apparently they're doing some sketchy stuff, and that is Barcelona. Uh, you think? <laughs> Uh, even if it's my team, I'm still like, uh, 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 uh. uh duh, <laughs> duh. As, as Hector would say, no doy. No, I I would say duh. Uh, That's well, definitely just... like, uh, duh. Barcelona, de- actually, I'm surprised Barcelona didn't get fined. <laughs> Bro, I'm well, maybe because they're trying to find how, how much of a fine to give them. That's why they're still under investigation. Alright. Chelsea. Like, oh, we're gonna find you like fifty million. Chelsea, which I don't know why they're not fined. Um yeah. maybe they'll get fined for next year. Um <laughs> you, you, you want them to get fined because of what they do with Ballistic. I mean that go. would be fitting. The crime would be fitting. <laughs> Punishment fits the crime. Uh Borussia Dortmund <laughs> somehow. Uh I apparently Oh, come on. I, I guess poaching academy players is a bad thing. Uh I don't know. Oh my god. Uh Lazio. I guess. I don't know many I don't I don't see them doing many big signings. Uh Leicester City. That's just funny. <laughs> they lose players and they get and they get monitored for financial fair play. <laughs> I mean maybe because it's like players that they sold and they sold them for like instead of they were they record that they sold them for like let's say sixty million, but apparently they got like forty million under the table. Ooh. They have an extra oh, they have an extra hot forty million somewhere around it. I mean, you gotta think about because I mean, you gotta think about it when let's put it this way into perspective. Um, when Barcelona bought Neymar, you know, they bought it for Santos for a certain amount of money, 
yet, you know, they had a shitload of money on the other side, you know, on Santos. So, I mean, you got to think about it like that, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, mean I would, I would, I would deem it being a team that's just unfairly stacked. That's that's the reason why they they're dominating the league. But no, I mean, Leicester. I guess did they win the FA Cup that year? No, no, they didn't. Um, no, but yeah. So okay, Leicester City, Olympic Lyon. They did not have a really. They didn't. They definitely didn't have a good year last year. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they made signings, like, but yeah. I don't know if it was enough to be like, oh my god, financial fair play. Um, well, how much? Uh, how much exactly did Memphis Depay go for Barcelona when they sold them? But that would be on Barcelona. Probably. That wouldn't be on Leon. And also yeah. that was a free transfer. True. <laughs> oh, true, true, true. I'm tripping. That's what I was saying. I was like, that's all that's. Uh, Manchester City. They definitely should be fine. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> Who okay? Who's this away for guy that's like doing this investigation? Because Manchester City, they should be up there with PSG at sixty-five million as well. Um, Nap- Ooh, what is it? I was about to say. I was like, man, okay, go ahead, finish, and then I'll, I'll say uh, Napoli. Um, I guess I don't. I don't really know what Napoli's doing, but okay. Uh, Rangers. I mean, they dominate their league, so. Oh, actually, they're not doing. They're not looking too hot this season. But you know, obviously, them and Celtic are usually the two teams over there in the in the Scottish Premier League. Rob Betts, okay, I will say Rob Betts did have a crazy year with transfers last season. Um, and they had some loans as well, so I can see why they're monitoring them. Uh, their neighbor Sevilla. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, West Ham United. I mean, David Moyes. Uh, the fact that he had that team in, in in the top four for quite some time, yeah, I would I would definitely be monitoring them. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the fact uh, that David Moyes just just David Moyes leading somebody in the top in a top four spot just doesn't doesn't sound right to me. I'm I, it doesn't sit well I don't know you. I don't know if that's financial fair play, but there's something going on there. <laughs> yeah, especially with David. Well, I mean, look look what David Moyes did with Manchester United, and that's. That's Manchester United, and it was actually good good players on the squad. So yeah, <laughs> they literally had the same team that Wayne that uh that Sir Alex Ferguson had the previous season. Um, exactly, it's like. And the last team is Wolfsburg. So I, I don't I, I don't know who what away is. I I mean, all right, everyone's gonna be like, "Where's Real Madrid?" One Real Madrid only added like one player last year to their team, which was Kamavinga. Every- Everybody, yeah, everybody, everybody else basically is like the same squad. I mean, we've heard Hector talk numerous times of Luka Modric, you know, like Tony Cruz. Like they both, they're, I mean, I'll, I'll give them props. They both play like they're 22 and 24. Like these dudes are already up there in age, but they, they still ball. So like, I, I, I can see why they only just signed the one player. And then they signed Vinicius and Rodrigo like, Years ago, like when they were still sixteen, so I could be wrong on that. They probably were yep. eighteen, but anyway, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know who was doing the investigation, but I feel like there's definitely some teams here that should have already been fined. Um, uh, that are being monitored. Uh, but I, I, I would assume Barcelona and Chelsea are definitely getting fined next season. They're getting fined. <laughs> so, but at least, at least we know financial fair play apparently is being practiced. I don't really know if it's being yeah. practiced well, 
but it's being practiced. So, uh, but Edward, conspiracy theories. Here's your here's your chance to to let it out. Okay, so here's my conspiracy theories. You know how those big teams are still waiting to get quote unquote fined, or they're still monitoring those those teams. Mm-hmm. So okay, uh, maybe maybe the uh, the WEFA regulator guy is waiting on his hush hush money. Or maybe he's waiting on like a little money and then he'd be like the rest of it has to go to the fine. Now, I'm just, it's a concern. So tell me why today or like, you know, like, uh, I was at work. I mean, you know, there was a free time during my lunch. I was watching Scarface. Um, you know how, how he, get, uh, they tried to shake down Tony Montana for, for some money, the uh, FBI or whoever supposedly the cops basically. Um, you know, I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh, I was like, you know, I was like, ah, I wonder where else this could happen. It just kind of clicked in me right now. Like, oh, I was like, that could possibly happen there too. Like, hey, man, you, you know, don't, don't give me a big ass fine. You know, don't give me like, oh, you know, 200 million or like how the freaking debt that Barcelona's in for 500 million, you know, like the kind of like that. Like maybe they're waiting on that hush hush money, you know? Mm hmm. So that's where my conspiracy theory is. It's like maybe that's the whole reason why the big teams are still are still being monitored. But you know that's because the guys or whoever's in charge or whatever firm is in charge of like, oh, we got to investigate. You know, maybe they are like you know in the take on the take. You know, like they're, you know, I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. That old old school, old timey boys like, ah, see, I got you, my baby, see. I was trying to do the Bugs Bunny one. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, but you know what? I, I, you know, but you know what? I'm, but you know what I'm talking about, though. Like, um, yeah, I get it. Uh, we'll see. We don't see. There you go, Abby. Um, I mean, I mean, I didn't expect you to do it, but all right. Anyways, Thanks. um, moving on to the next headline and. Ryan Giggs. So if you guys didn't know, Ryan Giggs is currently facing charges of assault on his ex-girlfriend and her sister. Um, so there's been, you know, obviously there's been a trial going on. So after 12 days of the trial and then almost a whole day, 22 hours and 59 minutes to be specific, uh, the jury was unable to reach a decision on whether or not Ryan Giggs is guilty of, uh, once again, assault. And um, because of that, the judge ends up deciding to dismiss the jury and the prosecution now has to decide if they want to do a retrial June 5th. I believe they have till the 7th of September. So by the time the podcast is up, this episode is uploaded, um, we'll find out whether or not there will be a retrial. But it, if there is a retrial, it will be June 5th of next year. Um, so obviously what's going on with Ryan Giggs it's it's a very interesting. It, the reason why I say interesting situation because once again it's one of those things where you don't like. I, I try to give someone the benefit of the doubt before casting like full judgment, kind of like how I did with Mason Greenwood. Then you know, obviously the 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 leaked audio clip came out and um, yeah, it was bad. And then Benjamin Mending, I mean, the proof was just all there. Um, so. But like I said, there's been cases where, you know, there they are in fact innocent. Like I mean, this obviously isn't soccer, but if you think of Sean Oakman, uh, the defensive lineman from Baylor, 
who didn't even get his chance to play in the NFL because he was hit with with sexual assault charges as well, and then only to years later to finally be, have his name be cleared, and he kind of doesn't have a chance to go to the NFL anymore. Like his window of going into the NFL, NFL was pretty much is gone. Um, so you know, so like I said, there's cases where we know for it's like once you start seeing all the stuff, and I mean, like even with the Deshaun, I guess like currently in America right now, the big thing is the Deshaun Watson case. And like, did he do it? Did he not do it? I mean, it was like almost 60, 60 masseuses that came out about what, what Sean Watson was doing. And, um, I mean, obviously the number shrank down back to 22, but you know, and we, we know kind of weirdly enough, talk about hush hush money <laughs> being played in here. But, uh, but yeah, like you don't know the full story until, and apparently according to the child, like even the jury wasn't sure whether or not. Um, these, these, these claims to be are true or not. So obviously Ryan Giggs, that's a player for Manchester United, a legend, um, would have been the manager for Wales, obviously, but, um, he has, he, he had to step down because of this situation. Um, but Edward, how do you feel about the fact that this Ryan Giggs, Ryan Giggs shot could be a little bit longer? I mean, honestly, like you said, like you don't want to cast, um, the first stone. Um, you want to basically just cast judgment on on the guy. Um, great footballer. It seems like he was, you know, um, like he was the okay person outside of football. Um, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to feel. So I was, I did admire him as a player, you know, so this, as a player, I guess, you know, he could still have the skills and everything. It's just, you know, I wish, you know, those skills would follow, you know, in real life. Uh, I'm not trying to cast judgment at all. It's just a very touchy subject. Very, very, um, it's a real thing. So I do not want to take this without a grain of salt. Like, I, I, I want to know all the facts. I want to know what is found. I want to know, like, basically, it's like, I wish I could be like, hey, I'm going to find out the truth myself and then find out what it is and actually decide on it myself. I'm nobody to decide. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a very, very, I mean, assault on his ex-girlfriend and her sister. Like, that's just, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it was unable to reach a decision, so I don't even know what facts were actually found. You know, like, so I can't really say, um, I can't, I can't really say, like I said, I mean, it's just, I guess maybe going into a trial, you know, next year is possibly going to be the answer, depending if they're going to want to keep going. Yeah. I mean, personally, like, it's, it's all up like to the me, prosecution. Yeah. It's all up to the prosecution yeah. at this point, when they, yeah. whether they want to continue having another trial by next year or, or settle. I don't know. I mean, that's all, that's always going to be an option, settle, which is always going to linger the question of whether or not did he do it or did they just pay hush-hush money and, and, and call it a day. So, that's going to be the other thing, but so, I don't know, man. It's 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 a weird situation. Um, Till we actually know what happened, we will never know what happened. Um, but, like I said, as far as I know, I I don't like casting judgment right away on somebody. 
we're talking about assault, assaulting a woman, which for me, it's something I really have no uh, tolerance for. Um, not trying no to say like a no man. This isn't me saying like, oh, a man should never put his hands on a woman. Like, I'm I'm not saying that. Which I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm also not saying that either. Uh, but it, it to me is just like, you know, the thing is, like, yeah, in, in a perfect world, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to hit anybody <laughs> to be pure, to be pure, like, point blank. But like, the thing is with me though that like, and some people are like, no, you just can't hit a woman. Period. But I'm like, and, and this is kind of like what what my mom kind of said to me is like, yeah, you're not supposed to hit a woman, but they're hitting you. I mean, I'm not going to tell you to like, just sit there and take it. I mean, once again, not hit her, but you know, at least try to like control her in some sense. You know what I mean? Or try to control the situation in some sort of way. Um, So, which I think that's probably like maybe the best advice you can give to a guy like without stepping over any boundaries. Um, especially if you're trying to raise a boy. Um, but like, I mean, and I think in general, you should just say, don't hit somebody. I think is the, regardless of the gender, um, you shouldn't hit yeah, people right. to begin with. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, like I said, the fact that the jury just couldn't decide after almost a whole day. Of, of being in that jury room. And I can, I can speak that because I was on jury duty. Um, that just sucks. You want to be, you want to get out of there as quickly as possible. So if you can't decide, I mean, I didn't get to decide. I didn't get to, I, I didn't get to make a decision for the jury. They, they settled out of court literally on the last day of the trial. Um, so, so that pissed me off. But, um, yeah, I think, I think for this situation, the fact that the jury couldn't decide and the judge really was like, well, I don't, I, I'm, I don't want it. I don't want this to go any further. So then he, you know, once again, he, he just dismissed the jury. So now they have to redo the whole process where they have to find, select the jury again and then do the whole trial all over again. So they have to do another 12 days of this, essentially. Yep. And, and then once again, the jury has to go back to delivery once again. So it is a very, it's a very rough process. It's not a fun process, um, regardless of, of whether you're a lawyer or a judge or a jury member or the people that are part of the prosecution and defense. So it is not a fun deal. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. If they settle, part of me does tell me that like Ryan Giggs definitely did something. Uh, but apparently it was enough to, the money was clearly enough to get them to shut up. <laughs> this is literally yeah. what would be the takeaway. Or like, you don't know. I mean, if there's then- video, if there was video footage and I mean this, I don't know how long ago this happened. But if there was video footage, I mean, this is like plays calls. We know what happened, but clearly the to the fact that like the jury can't even decide should tell you how hard it really is to decide whether or not he did it or not. Yeah, and and the thing is also, I just thought about it right now. Um, there's also the fact that they could be so, depending on where the trial is, and also it depends on the jury. I'm not trying to say that. We live in a world where, well, okay, I hate to say it, but we do live in a world where um, they hold uh, legends, or they hold, like, especially in England, they hold soccer players at a very high, at a very high standard, high regards. So, I mean, being Ryan Gates, who he is, maybe the jury of his peers was just 
maybe a couple of fans as well in there. So they were like, no, I, I, I will tell that. you right now that that wouldn't happen. Ever. Okay. The reason why is because when you're talking about uh, the jury selection process, which there's a Latin ver a Latin word for it. Um, I forgot what it was called. I don't, frankly, I don't give a shit. But the jury selection process is they ask questions to the to the people that are up for a selection of the jury, and you know, it, it's mostly it's, it's just yes or no questions, depending on if you know the if you know the people involved. Um, how do you feel about sexual assault? Like how you feel about you know assault chart, you know assault in general. So they'll ask questions that pertain to the case without giving away too inf- too much information to to kind of filter out the people with biases. So obviously, if someone says, "Hey, who knows Ryan Giggs?" and people raise their hands, like, "Yeah, you're not going, you're not going, you're not going, you're not going, you're not going." Like that. That's literally how the jury selection process works. I mean, it's like who heard of Ryan Giggs? It's like, oh, I raised my hand. Yeah. So like, they'll ask you like, "How do you know Ryan Giggs?" And you're like, "Oh, well, I'm a Manchester United fan. He's a he's a club legend." And so the lawyers will take notes, like, "Okay, we don't want that guy." So that that's what I was, I'm saying. Like, so I mean. The jury, like the lawyer, each lawyer, like the lawyers have like a certain number of strikes that they could put on a, on a juror. And so, and that's coming from both sides. So if like, let's say both lawyers X out the same juror, that juror is not going to try, that, that juror is not going into the jury. It's not going for sure. Yeah. Okay. 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 I got you. I got you. Also, the judge right. can also make us make also a decision to strike somebody as well. So like I said, this, the jury learned process, a lot in that month, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's hell. But yeah, I, I seriously do not remember. I seriously do not remember the Latin word. Uh, f- f- something fire, fire. Or, I don't forget what it's called. Anyways, uh, moving on. Actually, talking about someone that did get caught. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, in in a in a FA Cup qualifier. So not even to get into, not even the FA Cup, but just. Teams trying to make get a shot to play in the in the FA Cup. Um, one of the teams that are involved was Blackfield and Langley FC. It's a very interesting team uh, name. Um, but the goalkeeper Connor Maseko was sent off for peeing. Oh yeah. So this guy. So so this is what happened. There was a goal kick. So as the goal, like you know, as they were getting ready to do the goal kick. He ran over to the hedges because obviously, one, one, the name Blackfield and Langley FC kind of tells you that this probably their stadium isn't necessarily like a stadium like the Stanford Bridge. It's not like a Heathead Stanford Bridge. So there were some bushes. Yeah. So he went over to the bushes and, you know, went, went, went ahead and drained the snake. And um, I guess the players kind of drew attention to what he was doing. So the ref went over and gave him a red card. Um, I don't know if there's a rule in soccer. Um, if, if someone's peeing that you're supposed to give them a red card or anything like that. Um, I don't know if there's how, I don't know how many times people have urinated during a soccer game either. Um, it's just interesting. <laughs> like, I'm sure, I'm sure Mexico would have loved to have that referee because I'm sure they would love to get Brandon, Landon Donovan red carded for peeing on that bush that one time. Uh, which is funny. Well, what I was, I mean, what I was thinking is like they could have played that move. It, it's not for peeing, but maybe it could have been like trying to be like indecent exposure. He was hiding um, in the hedges. 
I need to see the video. Like, just you want like, to watch video. the IP? No, no, no. So what I'm trying to say is like, he, he probably gave him the card and he's like, for what? It's like, not even for pee, but like, um, indecent exposure, you know? Like, uh, wouldn't that, like when they wouldn't that their, be a yellow card then? Their, because I mean, Ronaldo takes his shirt off and he just gets a yellow card. Yeah, exactly. But it's the, it's the shirt. At this point, it's you're, you're showing your dick. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, indecent exposure. He's the goal. This guy's the goalkeeper, by the way. I wonder if he like, you know, when he was peeing, did he was he? Did he still have his keeper gloves on? This dude. <laughs> but yeah, so the guy gets recorded, and, and the game yeah, ends up it ends up nil nil. So there's gonna be a replay um, happening anyways. But yeah, it, right, it was yeah. just it's just interesting that this guy gets red carded for peeing. Um, I'm not gonna do the research of players that have peed in the middle of a game. Um, I don't think that's something I want to look up, and I, don't, I think that's going to be a very questionable search bar. <laughs> so that's going to be a guy pees, guys pee, guy pees in game, and then it's like you're going to see all kinds of random shit. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, I'm not looking for, I am not looking to do that because you might actually see somebody actually pee on a game console. I might get some viruses if, if I do that, but um, but yeah. So, anyway, what how do you feel about a guy getting red carded for peeing? I mean, if they don't have facilities, and it's not like the dude can call time out, you know, he had to he had to drain the vein, you know, he had to drain the main vein. Shit, like yeah, but, and, and I, I mean, think that's what the 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 I think the manager of of uh of Blackfield Langsley was trying to was trying to say, hey man, when you gotta go, you gotta go. So yeah, I mean, dude, like fuck, clearly I mean, he timed it well. Okay. He was like, oh look, a goal kick. Let me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he tried to kick it as far as he could. I I I don't know if I don't know I don't know if I interpreted it right. I thought it was like a goal kick on the other side of the field. So I thought it was a goal kick for the opposing team. So I said, okay, I can quickly go to the bushes, like you know, drain my snake, and then come back out and 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 uh, and, and, and keep playing. But like maybe 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 it was a goal kick for their side, and he was just like, all right, let me like go get the ball because I, I would assume in with their stadium they probably only have one ball. Um, we so, gotta figure. Out, we gotta figure. Out. Maybe he went to go drain the vein while he was getting the ball. Or, yeah, I, I mean that could be also the the option. So, I just think it's funny that that, that like the referee was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to. I've never oh, been in a situation man. where someone's been peeing. Shit, he might be a ref in training. Mm-hmm, maybe like, who knows? Yeah, just interesting nonetheless. But but yeah, so that is headlines. All right, man. Debate time. This debate is brought to you by uh, Audible. Audible gives you a large library of audiobooks that you can listen to at your convenience. Um, if you're me, which you're probably re-listening to uh, Green Lives by Matthew McConaughey, I will finally get to Dave Grohl. I promise you that. Uh, Dave Grohl stole this weekend, by the way, with uh, having Taylor Hawkins' son uh, Shane play in, in their tribute in their tribute concert for Taylor Hawkins. Uh, you know, playing drums for my hero. So you didn't see that. That that can make that can make a grown man cry. But anyways, that's not the point. But yeah, I, I, once I'm done with Matthew McConaughey, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to Dave Grohl's book because this Dave Grohl. But um, yeah. So Audible, you know, great great place to listen to books. I mean, if you're if you're just bad like me when it comes to reading, um, listening to audiobook gives you the satisfaction of saying, "Hey, I read a book." 
uh, without actually having to read a book. So if you guys are interested, <laughs> you, you can start a 30 day free trial. If you use the, if you use the, the link, uh, audibletrial.com slash insert name FC podcast. So go ahead and use that to get a 30 day free trial. What's so funny, Over? No, you're, you're like, you feel like you just read, but you didn't have to read. <laughs> yeah, it's like reading, but you don't have to read. So, all right. All right. So, this past weekend, besides, besides me getting mostly torn by Shane, by Shane Hawkins, you know, playing with Foo Fighters, um, we also had a very, uh, quite the debacle happen over in, in, in New York Red Bull as Drew Yearwood, um, I don't know necessarily know what happened beforehand, but I'm guessing a foul happened. He was, he wasn't happy with it. So he decides to kick the ball out of anger and he, he literally shot it right into a fan section. Uh, I believe a fan, some, one fan was bleeding. Uh, one, one of the people that got hit by the ball was a child as well. And, um, yeah, Drew, you're, well, you're a total dick. And so he gets red carded for, for that. Um, for obviously on sportsmanlike conduct, I'm, I'm assuming that's what the, the pun, you know, what the foul was, what the, what the, what the, I guess the call was. And as he decided to hop over the barricade and jump over to the to the seats to try to apologize to the people that got affected by his his, by his, his shot. His shot. And uh, I gotta say this for this guy, just all time move. Trying to tell him to go away. I don't know what the scarf throw was going to accomplish. Um, I don't know if he was trying to do a magic trick or was just trying to him be gone or, or something. But like, I just, I, I gotta say that was to me was the funniest part of all that out of this really shitty situation that happened, which is the fact that this guy was like, maybe he'll go away if I throw my scarf at him. Um, which is not the, literally the, the least, the, probably the, the, the least toughest thing to ever say in a sentence in my life. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't throwing the scarf at him. I think what he did is like he threw it over his head, like try to blind him, try to sell him not no go away. I think the dude. I don't was think he was fan. trying to blind him. I, I think he was just trying to get him, trying to get him to go away. But I just thought it was funny that his solution was to throw his scarf at him. Um, but yeah, man. I, mean, uh, I guess before scarf killed. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Weirdo. All right. Um. But all right, let's let's break it down though, Edward. So obviously gets mad and, and he decides to kick the shit out of the ball. I mean, yeah. it's it's something that happens. I think players I, I I don't know if I've ever done it myself, but like I mean I don't know what the call was. I don't know what was, was essentially the call. The the call? I don't know what essentially the call was, but he clearly wasn't too happy about it and then he just I think I, I think you try. You were saying that you think that he, he you know, this is your conspiracy theory going into it. He was aiming at the at the signage, the wall. Yeah, yeah, he was aiming at the wall, but his aiming was so bad, he ended up shooting it like con los de tres dedos, and he he ended up doing it with the undershot, the, like not the three even fingers as, like, for those of you who don't speak Spanish. Three toes, yeah, tres dedos, like with the outside of the foot, and then he actually got it from underneath instead of down the middle. Because it looked like, to me, it looked like he was trying to aim the angle for uh, the billboard. Like the, the little board that's that's right there with the lettering the signage. and shit like that. The sponsorship. Yeah. The signage. So, yeah. So, that's what I was thinking. And it looked like he just went over. 
And I was just like, man, like, even I was like, bro, like, and it's your, I told him, it's your home stadium. Doesn't matter. Like, you're, you're at your home, like, it's your home, like, your home stadium. It's kind of like you fucking, uh, fucking breaking a vase at your house. And then next, you know, it's like, oh, crap, you know, um, or like breaking something like a glass. And then you're like, oh, damn, I don't have my glass to drink out of it anymore. Kind of shit. You know, it's just, you got, you got to treat your home stadium like, you know, like, your own man like shit show some respect man yeah uh Especially, I, like because you got people who who come in who, who, who are coming to watch you play you know it's not like oh hey like we're, we're just random ass bystanders like no they they're wearing the gear you know so uh it just it, it's 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 atrocious what he did like it was just uh, i it was despicable it's just i i i do not yeah he's a dick just like you said it he's a dick yeah, I mean, like he hit that. He hit that with power. So I don't know if accuracy was gonna was gonna help in any way. Um, Cause yeah, he just he just he just shot it. I mean, it was it was bad. Um, but yeah, he he you know obviously clear, clearly it was powerful enough to get someone to bleed at least a little bit. I don't. I, don't, I it wasn't like god awful bleeding or anything like that. I mean, how much you're gonna get from being it, in it the busted, face? It busted. It busted her lips. That that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I've been I've been a victim of of getting hit hit by a soccer ball plenty of times in my life now, mostly from Edward. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm unable to have kids because because of Edward. Um, uh, hey hey hey! A few of those were you did on your own. All right, that one was that was one. Okay, you kick the ball and it lands back at you right on the spot. That's not me. That was yeah. That was one from me, but the rest have been from you. Fine. Yeah. I don't even know why you're yeah. arguing with this. You literally have you've literally caused me more pain than anything else. <laughs> why are we friends? <laughs> why are we best friends? Why are we considered best friends? Why, why am I? Why am I the godfather to your child? Oh, probably because I probably can't have kids. <laughs> Bruh, I wouldn't be surprised if you're like trying to train them and they just kick the ball at you and then all of a sudden like they fucking kick you in the nuts by accident. It's like a genetic trait is just me it's just me getting hit by your by your family. That might be Bruh, the, would, that might be uh, my family lineage, just me my kids getting hit in the balls from your from your uh, kids. Oh jeez, man. Jesus Christ. Anyways, but yeah. Um yeah, the, he, he it, yeah, it, it look, a soccer ball is not gonna be fun to get hit by. It's like whether it's helium, whether it's helium gas or regular gas, um, yes. If you guys didn't know, they use—I—I I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I know—I believe some people have said that they use helium for the, for like professional soccer balls. I could be wrong on that, um, but oh, you—you've yeah. you, heard that too, right? Yeah, I've heard that they put like—I think it's like uh, one third of helium, and like the rest is regular air. So that's why the balls are like—they're super hard, but they're also like really like. I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure. So, but yeah. So it was, it was just interesting. It was just interesting. But yeah, I, I, I think I think one. I think he just got re- really too heated um, in his head. Uh, he could have done. He could have stomped. You know, there's a, there's other things you could do. As a, I'm, I'm sure he's you know he, he has to relive that, especially the fact that he got a scarf thrown at his face. Because um, I, I mean, if that was me, I'd probably be like, "What the hell just happened?" And so. Um, yeah, I mean, like he's he's gonna replay this over and over again because why aren't you? And um, 
he's going to feel bad. I'm sure he posted something on, he probably posted something on social media trying to say he, he apologizes. Um, yeah, I just, it's just a boneheaded thing to do. Um, it's just childish. Uh, and any, you know, what's funny is I thought that there was no way anybody could top like Killian Mbappe's, ten- which I mean, it didn't top what Killian, Killian Mbappe did when he had his temper tantrum. Um, during that PSG match, but I mean, this is, this is a pretty close second. I mean, the fact that, and this is probably just probably worse because it, 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 it you know, Mbappe hurt himself because it made him look bad. But what Drew, what Drew Yearwood did was not only did he hurt himself, like, you know, as far as like his reputation with the club and the fan base and, and in, the, in his own home stadium, but, um, there's fans that are now just fuck this guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and then they also got hurt. You know, they're, they're a kid crying, man. Like, uh, I'm not trying to, and, and probably some people are like, we need to have some safety parameters for soccer games. I mean, the chances of you getting hit in the face by a soccer ball versus a baseball is, uh, it's pretty slim. It's more frequent in baseball because foul balls are more of a thing. But that's the reason why they put that protective netting. Now to protect fans because let's face it, fans don't have the, 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 the reaction time that a baseball player does. Um, and so, I mean, in soccer, it's a little different because how often do they, do they kick the ball over to the fan section? It's fairly rare that it happens. So it's like one of those things that no, they don't need to put a netting there. Um, I mean, unless you're in Mexico or, or in South America, but that's for other reasons to put any sort of fencing. Between the fans and the and the field, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything to really prevent this situation besides just uh, Drew growing the fuck up. I don't, I don't know about you, ever. Yeah, I mean he he just needs to understand, like yeah, you know, like like I said, he just needs to respect his home stadium, bro. Like his home fan, man, out of all things. Like, pretty sure there's gonna be a tweet, there's gonna be an Instagram post, uh, him apologizing. It's, uh, it's just, it's not going to, to be honest to me, it's not going to be enough. Like, for one, we've seen other players, you know, kick the ball towards fans that were, you know, out outside. And then it was intentional towards the fans, but it wasn't like they kicked it right at their, at the fans, but it wasn't even the home fans. It was always the away, you know, but that, right, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't know, man, this dude. This dude was just so bad. Like, it, I, I really don't know. Oh, he did make a statement. He's like, oh, he did. I, I told. <clears throat> I want to apologize from the bottom of my heart to the fans who were hit by the ball I kicked at Saturday's match. My emotions got the best of me on this day, and I've let down the entire organization and every single New York Red Bull fan. I hope that the fans are okay and they can forgive me. Yeah. Well, it's also an I official mean, statement from from New York Red Bull New York. It, like seriously, like see, I mean, <laughs> see, he made it official. Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't change anything, man. He, he the, like you can. Yeah, I mean, the apology is. I think one. I kind of will say for that 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 guy kind of. Being the blockade for for him and that that the woman that got hit and got her believe her lip busted or she busted something I don't know what it, what she busted exactly but she 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 never enough to get hit by a ball to get busted something from there 
But um, I mean, the kid. I think the the rebound off the lip or off the kid and the head, because it was a kid. The kid was saying that it hit his head, and his mom was checking his head, make sure it was all right. It's just, it was really bad. Yeah, it, like, yeah. It's I mean, just, it just a bad move altogether. Like, yeah, it was just a bad move altogether. Like for him to do that. Period. Like hands down. Yeah, exactly. But, but like you know, obviously he wanted to go up there and apologize. Uh, the only thing I will say for that guy, because some people were, so, it's like very fifty-fifty on what that guy did. The 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 New York Red Bull fan. So this is where I, where I want to oh. go to him. Um, some people said that he should at least let him have the opportunity to apologize. Like, and I think, I think I can agree with that. Like, like you're, it's not your call. Like, if she said I don't want to talk to him, that's a whole different thing, and we don't know that that side of the story. I don't think she necessarily said anything because she was too busy, you know, covering her face, covering her face from getting hit from a soccer ball. Um, and so, like, he didn't really necessarily get a fair shot to apologize. And I mean, the fact that the guy was like pushing him away and through once again, the, the scarf throw to me is just going to be hilarious to me. Um, but like all of that, and then you know, kind of finally just, I guess now he's like, okay, clearly they don't want me down here. So then he wait. I I will say I give him props for wanting to go up there and at least try to make things right, even though I don't think there's any way you can make it right. Um, and uh, and, but him just doing that, I think at least like, unless like I said, unless like the girl said no, I don't want to talk to him. That's the only thing that's going to be different from it. But like for him to kind of right now, from my perspective, and my perspective is only from the video. Um, it looked like he kind of took it on his own to like say he she don't want to talk to you, and so. I would say at least give the give the man at least a shot to apologize before you 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 uh, you shun him. Um, but and then throwing <laughs> the scarf throw to me was just just didn't seem necessary. But uh, but yeah, the the new the Red Bull fan. How did you feel about the Red Bull fan? I mean, in a way, I feel like he. I mean, I guess you could say I feel like he did the right thing, not too right because you, you could think about it this way. Um, I mean, I agree. He should have, he should have had the chance to apologize, uh, Drew. Um, so, but the scarf throw, I mean, it could have gone, it could have been worse. Like, he could have actually thrown a punch or a kick. Like, the way he was, the yeah, way that, he was that, angled, that guy wasn't going to throw that, a punch. He could have, no, no, no. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Bear with me. The dude literally was in a spot where he could have sparked and kicked the shit out of Drew. Because he was actually at a stand up more, where he could have just thrown a kick and then just sparring the shit, like sparring kick the shit out of his chest. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, he didn't throw punches. Um, it could have been. It could, like I said, it could have escalated a hell of a lot worse. But I, I guess the throwing of the scarf is like the most uh, non-violent way to do it. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it just—that's that's how I can see. It. Yeah, I mean, that's my best way of saying it. Like, I guess it wasn't too crazy. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> I I can't get over the scarf throw. I don't know what the scarf was gonna do. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, he was just uh, like, yeah. <laughs> anyways but yeah so that is the debate topic man if you guys want to share your thoughts on how you feel about Drew Holiday 
go ahead and, and throw it in the comments. It will be posted on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. We're going to go ahead and take a break and then we'll get going with game recaps. Well, actually, I'm wrong. You'll be hearing our interview with Filippo Silva of Tactical Manager TV and then you'll hear game recaps. All right, guys, we have a very special guest with me. Uh, blew up, man. I mean, from from I remember from the early years of, of his YouTube channel. Uh, he's the host of Tactical Manager TV, and that is uh, Filippo Silva. Thank you so much for, for being here for an interview. Thank you very much. Early years, man. We're still in the early years. It's still year, it's year two, I think. Early months, early months. <laughs> All right. But yeah, man. But yeah, it's amazing. You got from... I think uh when you when you think about like YouTubers, obviously and Andrew Monroe is one that I, I think of and also Danny T Radio. And then after that just more and more soccer content creators came in and, and it's been cool. It's amazing to see that I think at least for me, those two have been like kind of inspirations as to kind of weirdly enough how I started my podcast as well. Um but before we get to the content creation side of things, man, we always start off with this question for every guest, and that is what exactly got you into soccer? Well, I'm Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, and I knew that was going to be the, that was exactly my point. Um, I yeah, think it's amazing about the fact that, uh, are you from Brazil or, or? Yeah, I was born in Sao Paulo. Uh, so I've, I've obviously spent more years of my life now in the United States than in Brazil. So. You know, I'm much more Americanized than any Brazilian for sure. But, but I grew up, uh, like from ages one through four, I was in Sao Paulo. Then I moved to California, um, from four to seven. Then we went back to Brazil, um, from seven to around 15 or 14 or so. And then I moved to the United States and then been here since. And, and I mean, I learned how to write in English before I did in Portuguese. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I, and I think it's interesting because I mean, kind of similar to you, I'm, I come from, my family comes from a country where soccer is the more preferred sport. And, uh, and, and I mean, I think our situation is a little different. You're being Brazil and El Salvador is, well, we're just happy to throw elbows from time to time. Um, <laughs> so, but, and I think that's the other thing that's, that kind of intrigues me from all this. Obviously you have that Brazilian influence. Brazil is. I mean, Brazil, that's the standard when it comes to, to soccer. If anyone talks about it, I think most of us fell in love because of Brazil, the way they played from early, from those years. Uh, but what was it about the U.S. soccer that you kind of more, were more drawn to it versus, I'm sure you still have love for Brazil, but I mean, what was it about USA? No, I'm not really more drawn to U.S. soccer. I think it's pretty even, uh, what I'm drawn to in the World Cup. I'll be screaming for both. It's just that the coverage. Uh, in English, if you cover, and I do cover Brazil a little bit, you see it on Twitter and everything, but the coverage in English in, for Brazil, there's not as, as much interest as the United States. So we're probably going to get to that because you said you wanted to talk about maybe how the YouTube channel started. Originally, the channel wasn't only focused on U.S. men's national team, right? It was a mix of South American and U.S. soccer. But uh, no, in terms of passion for the national teams, I follow both. I would say equally. Maybe I follow a little bit more the United States now with the channel, 
because of the coverage. But in terms of watching games and everything, it's probably the same. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, like I said, I'm on the same boat. The only difference is you, you got Brazil and I got El Salvador. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's oh, like you got you, the United States. We got the United States. We got the United States. That's the common ground right there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so what was your, what motivated you into content creation? What was it that, that kind of, you know, like, let me awkwardly have myself in front of a camera for, for hours of messing over and over again, a sentence that I'm trying to do. So what was it about content creation that, you know, you wanted to go ahead and get into it? So it was, it wasn't really like a dream of mine to be in content creation, to be quite honest. And it didn't really even start as a goal of being big or anything. It started more as a hobby of just having fun with a friend of mine, Dustin. He also runs the channel with me, right? You guys see the the editing and everything, the production, all that. I know it's not Hollywood production, but there is editing. There is a lot that's added to it. And that is Dustin. What happened was we would talk from time to time. And during the pandemic, uh, my company closed. I have a soccer company in Orlando. And I just started working with Orlando City in MLS as one of their head coaches with their youth soccer school here in Orlando. The first soccer school, actually, that they, they have made. Uh, but with the pandemic, I couldn't. My company was shut down for a period of time. And we couldn't work also with Orlando. And I was just bored at home. And me and Dustin, I don't remember exactly why we were talking. Dustin travels a lot. And we're just like, hey, we both, he's Ecuadorian-American. I'm Brazilian-American. So we're always talking about the U.S., about Brazil, about Ecuador, coming, about talking about a little bit of soccer there. And we were just like, hey, want to start this? We'll try to make it grow. If it grows, it grows. If it doesn't, I mean, I'm talking about soccer. I'm having fun with it. So that's how we started. Originally, we started making videos about South American soccer, European soccer, U.S. soccer, uh, in general, MLS predictions, uh, Champions League predictions. And what happened was, as we started making more videos, we started to notice that our audience wanted more U.S. men's national teams. So since we already watched and everything, we started to cover it more heavily, right? But uh, I remember the first video we made of USA was just like, could the U.S. one day win the World Cup? It was something like that. And it it did much better than all of our other videos. And we're like, whoa. And then we kept doing our videos and then we had this series called Wonder Kids that we pick up very promising young player and make a breakdown of them. We stopped doing that, that, that series, but we did a Giovanni Reyna one and we did a Gio Reyna one also. There were more views and we started to see, hey, maybe our audience is American. Cause the funny part of it was when I started with Dustin, we truly thought that there wouldn't be an audience for U.S. soccer. <laughs> That's a very fair point. And that actually kind of leads my, leads into a good question for me. Uh, obviously, you know, as you're creating content, you know, growing tactical manager, uh, you, you know, you're stumbling upon other channels as well. And, and, and actually you've, you've actually formed one with, uh, 11 Yanks. And I believe you guys now started a YouTube, uh, no podcast together. Um, and so I guess with that being said, what are your thoughts about the soccer YouTube? slash content community because I mean there's a lot of weirdly mm-hmm. enough a lot of soccer US soccer content creators now that are kind of growing with you along the way as well. So what are your thoughts on on that community? Well first of all just to say I've met Pete in person. I've met Sam from Yank Report in person. They're great people too. I've spoken to the on the phone a few times with one of the guys you already mentioned the video Danny T Radio. Uh, been in on his channel. He's been your interacted with many of them, um, Brett and Derek from Straight Red Card, kicking it with Drew. Can't forget him. He was one of the first ones. Uh, but 
I think what one issue that U.S. soccer has always had was content creation. We really didn't have enough people or good quality or even, I think, in volume, right? Because the game itself, there's enough fans here, but you need stories, you need reporting, you need people to remain, uh, why should I care, right? And, and that's what content does. It's like, you should care because of this and that. And look how cool this is or look how bad this is. This is an interesting story. And I felt like U.S. soccer has always lacked that with mainstream media. So once we started to gain some traction, that became one of my main goals with my channel. That's why we started, Dustin was even the one that suggested at the time, the U.S. Men's National Team Abroad Series, which I think it's essentially what built the channel. Um, it's what really got us going because people started to love it very much. And I even see that some of them, are not, they're not copying the series by any means, but they're doing it similarly in their own way. And I'm happy for that because it's inspiring others to do something that adds value to the community. Everyone can add more value. And when people think that YouTube channels compete, they don't really compete if you think about it, right? What do we upload? Three videos a week that are 20 minutes? People can watch all the channels. So the truth of the matter is uh, you talked about how all these channels are popping up, but I think there's really not enough channels yet, right? Not enough content. Uh, obviously, once you reach a level of so many content creators, then sure, there starts to be a competition because there's too much out there. I, I don't think we've reached that point with U.S. soccer. I think there's not enough at the moment. Even with all the ones that popped up, I don't think there's enough yet. All right. Well, now now everybody can start making a YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, but, just make it. Yeah. So look, look, you got nothing to lose. <laughs> You're absolutely right about that. Uh, and I think I think obviously since yeah, I know, obviously, your idea of tactical manager was to talk about all soccer in, in all games, just because that was what you, you love soccer. And I mean, that's pretty safe to say. Um, but, you know, obviously, you start covering the U.S. men's national team. I'm assuming this was kind of, well, obviously 2020. So it was way after the, uh, the, them not being able to qualify for the World Cup. But I guess since you started tactical manager, how have you seen the U.S. men's national team evolve? I think what we're seeing more or less is, uh, not more or less, clearly is in 2020, when I roughly when I started, we had all these young guys coming up, right? Dest committing to the national team. Yunus Musa later on committing to the national team. Pulisic had, Pulisic post-COVID was amazing with Chelsea under Frank Lampard, right? We had all of this going on. Giovanni Reina slowly popping up in Dortmund. Uh, and it was an exciting time full of uncertainties, right? We had just come out from missing a World Cup uh, in 20, also 2019 after the World Cup that we missed. Uh, the first year of Greg Berhalter wasn't perfect, right? We lost the Mexico in Gold Cup. And we had also that friendly with Mexico, right? The, the, the Miazga one, if I'm not mistaken, that, that was in 2019. Uh, so it wasn't perfect, right? We had a period of time with an interim head coach. And it changed right after COVID. It was exciting. And what we're seeing right now... Uh, is the oscillation of all these players, all these talents. And we're also learning. I think Americans are learning mostly. I've seen this a lot with Brazil is a lot of these promising young players don't really live to the expectations. And some of them are, and some of them are slowly declining. And you're like, mm, this is not going as I expected. Uh, but it's still very early in the process. But, but overall, we saw the United States win Gold Cup again, right? Win it back. We saw us win Nations League, the first edition of Nations League. We saw some evolution. Despite all the issues with Greg Berhalter, we also qualified to the World Cup. We are back in the Olympics now. So I said this before, it's 
the most exciting time right now to be a U.S. soccer fan with the growth and the talent that we have. And it's also probably the best time to become a U.S. soccer fan. And that's why I tell people, just invite your friends to start watching. They will enjoy it. It's probably the best time. You don't want to do that when we're losing, right? No one wants to join a loser. And uh, I think we'll see the results in the World Cup, right? At the end of the day, uh, this entire cycle will be judged based on how we do in the World Cup. Yeah, and I mean, when you talk about the World Cup, obviously right now when it comes to the, the, the roster right now, the biggest question mark, at least from what I've seen, I think everyone said it at this point, is who's going to be that, that guy up top at the number nine spot for, for the U.S. men's national team. And, and I think this is where I want, obviously you follow this team, you're seeing prospects all around. There's, you know, the, the names that everyone's been saying, obviously Josh Sargent's kind of getting some relevance once again. Uh, ever since PFOC has moved to Union Berlin, it seems like he's been very impactful for that team. Uh, Jesus Ferreira being just the, the anomaly of everybody just being consistently good with FC Dallas, stayed with FC Dallas, and now he's getting called up and actually playing pretty well. Um, obviously, Pepe just moved over to the Eredivisie, uh, which that was also something that shocked me. But uh, Right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah right now. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that forward debate? Like, what it, is that more of a concern or maybe a good thing that there is so many forwards that we could possibly be seeing in that number nine spot? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit odd, right? I'm a bit more concerned about goalkeeper than forward, right, in this case, because I think that you have other guys that can score goals. There's other ways to win games, right? Set pieces, your wingers can do. Uh, and our, our center forwards, they haven't been scoring for the national team, and that's why we are not certain of who to start. But most of them have been scoring for their clubs, right? Sargent recently has been scoring for Norwich. Jesus Ferreira has been scoring for FC Dallas for two straight seasons. Haji Wright scoring, Fox scoring. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm more worried about the goalkeeper because I do think we would probably need a great goalkeeper if we want to advance against England and depending on if we face a, a Netherlands in the round of 16, if we make it that far. I'm not too concerned about the nine position. At the end of the day, I think Greg Berhalter is going to pick who he thinks fits his system more than in terms of quality, right? Um, and then when you look into that, the player that probably fits his system the best is Josh Sargent. Uh, he presses probably as well or the best at pressing has a good hold up game probably one of the best there at that good off the ball movement can win aerial duels which is one issue with his is that right balls in the air really not his strength right there uh, he can press well do off the ball so it's going to come down to that I, I don't I'm not too worried about the center forward position I'm more worried about the goalkeeper right now Alright, uh, I guess then I'll ask you about the goalkeeper position. Obviously, we're talking about Matt Turner, who right now isn't playing for Arsenal. Makes the big move to Arsenal, but he's, he's not, he's not playing. Um, and then obviously recently, Zach Steffen just made his loan move to Middlesbrough, um, which obviously is for him to get some more playing time and in time for the World Cup. But, uh, is there any other names that you're thinking of for that goalkeeper spot or is it the two that everyone's been talking about? No, it has to be those, right? Matt Turner and Zach Steffen with the lead and Ethan Horvath definitely has a shot. I haven't been able to watch Town in the championship this season yet. But as far as I'm concerned, based off highlights and reports, he hasn't really made any mistake. I don't know if he's also excelling, but he definitely didn't make any mistakes. Zach Steffen has been shaky. Hasn't been as bad with Middlesbrough as some, as some people try to portray at times, but he has been definitely shaky with some bad moments. And he's injured right now. 
Uh, definitely minor, but again, these small injuries of Zach Steffen have been going on for a while. Uh, Matt Turner, which is a very sharp shot stopper, an elite shot stopper, and shaky of his feet, is not playing with Arsenal. And when he was called up before, he was playing a lot in inform for the New England Rebs, right? The revolution in the MLS. So how is Matt Turner going to look when he's not playing, which he's not playing for Arsenal right now? Aaron Ramsdale's ahead of him. How is Zach Steffen going to be? Is he going to be this shaky Zach Steffen with low confidence? Ethan Horvath, is he reliable enough? So I'm a little bit more concerned about that uh, than the, the nine position because in the past we've had goalkeepers that were high quality, right? We've always had that, but it's probably the worst we've been, at least in my lifetime, this is probably the worst we've been in terms of goalkeeper. Um, the post-2018 cycle, this cycle hasn't been good for that. Yeah, it's interesting, especially when you're talking about goalkeepers that are at least getting attention of, of European clubs. Uh, but that's a good point. Um, obviously going in, that's, it's going to be going down the wire. Obviously there's guys that you know for sure are going to be making that World Cup roster. But who are those guys that you think could, because of the World Cup coming in November, have still a few more games to prove themselves? Who are those players that you think can maybe hit, break that bubble and make it into that World Cup spot? Uh, players that haven't been in the roster so far? Yeah. Well, that haven't been, I think almost no one. Uh, I think Greg has his roster pretty much set. If anything, maybe Brendan Vasquez will get a chance in September. Uh, but besides that, I don't think any player that hasn't been called up has much of a chance, uh, in my opinion. Now, we could argue some players that are fringe players that are close to making it. If you want me, I can dive into that. But outside of the ones that have been, I don't think anyone will. Okay. Um, the guys that are on the fringe, the ones that are probably, you know, in and out with the roster. I think Joe Scali definitely has a shot. I think Greg will bring him in September and give him another shot. And it's going to depend how he plays for the national team against Saudi Arabia and Japan late September. He wasn't good against Uruguay. That's for sure. In that friendly, but he's been good in Bundesliga this season. I'm pretty sure Greg will give him another shot. Uh, I think Malik Tillman's odds went up. Malik Tillman. He was called in last camp in June. He looked good. In, he didn't look good in camp specifically. I didn't think he was that good in the games he came in. But he's looking good for Rangers in Scotland right now ever since he got the loan. And not just that. Uh, Roldan got injured. Uh, he's out for six weeks. So he could still make the World Cup. But Roldan will be out in the September camp. So if Tillman gets called in in September and he impresses, I think he's a player that has a shot. Another player to mention is maybe his teammate. James Sands, that's been playing well for Rangers, has been in camp before. And maybe with Aaron Long being a little bit shaky, if Greg lets go of his favorites, Aaron Long could be kicked out, right, of the roster. Uh, but I think those three are main ones. There's definitely more that if I sit down and look at the names and think I'll get more, but those are the three that came to mind as soon as you asked. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, guys that need to be playing right now, stay informed. Uh, that made recently moves. Obviously, Sergino Des is the name that I'm thinking of. Him leaving Barcelona, where it seems I haven't seen him play. The fact that Araujo has been chosen to be playing, you know, fullback over him uh, is very telling. Uh, but him going to AC Milan is is that a, a good situation for him, or what's it? I don't honestly don't know the fullback situation for AC Milan, but is that at least a better situation for Sergino Des to get some playing time? So it's definitely a better situation in terms of Barcelona. Right. If you compare to Barcelona, there's no doubt in my mind that he's in a better situation. Now, what happened with uh, AC Milan right now is their right back Florenzi got injured 
uh, last game was this weekend or yesterday. I don't, I don't remember the exact day. And he'll be out for six to eight weeks for Enzi, right? And then they have the starting right back, which is Calabria. And that's probably won't start over Calabria. Now on the left back, they have Theo Hernandez, the French international. Calabria is way better than Des defensively. And Calabria going forward doesn't offer too much, but I wouldn't say he's bad by any means going forward. So I don't think Des will start for AC Milan, but he's probably going to be a backup option for the right back and left back. And AC Milan this year has the Serie A, the Italian Cup, and the Champions League. So there will be rotation. So he will get minutes. Um, it's not the perfect landing spot, but I think it's a good landing spot. It's a strong brand too. AC Milan is a legendary club. And again, you want our players to be competing with the best. And he's going to compete with fantastic fullbacks. Uh, all we want is for them to have opportunities. And in Barcelona, he was not going to have opportunities. It was done. Xavi didn't want to play him. So it is a good move. Maybe not the perfect move. Maybe not the number one move. He's definitely not the locked-in starter right now. But yes, it's a good move. All right. Um, kind of trying to wrap it up here soon. Uh, I'm going to just say, what is the fair objective for 2022? It seems like everyone's kind of like, yeah, we're excited about 2022, but obviously 2026, you know, the host nation will be the U.S. But if you're looking at 2022, what is, what is to you better than obviously not qualifying from last World Cup? But what would be the fair objective for the U.S. men's national team going into Qatar? Well, we have to get out of the group. Uh, I do think if we get out in the group stage, it's a failure. We do need to go past. It's a complete failure of the program if we don't get out of the group. Uh, we shouldn't finish ahead of Wales and Iran. No offense to Wales and Iran. Now, around the 16, it really depends, right? If we face Senegal or Netherlands, those are very strong teams. Very, very strong teams. So you can't say we have to beat them. I, I do think if if things go right, if Greg gets the right lineup, the right tactics, we have a great shot against Senegal or, or Netherlands. But uh, to say that we have to beat them is a little bit harsh and a little bit delusional. But getting out of the group, to me, is the bare minimum. All right. And for, for the people that don't necessarily follow U.S. men's national team, who would you say is the most important player? Not the best player, but the most important player to U.S. men's national team. Oh, most important player. That is hard to say, but I'm going to go with, I'm still going to go with Christian Pulisic. I'm still going to go with Christian Pulisic. I understand that we have options on the wing like Weah, Brendan Aronson too. And some people might argue Tyler Adams at the six is the most important one, right? Because we don't really have a reliable backup. That is true. That is very true. But I also think Greg could shift back. But I'm going to say Pulisic. I think if we want to have World Cup success, Pulisic needs to be at his best. Right, having Tyler there or not, if you put Tyler or whatever you do there, um, that's not going to be the make it or break it. You need that guy that can be the difference maker that's causing trouble to the opponent's defense. And I think Pulisic, we've seen him be that in the the Premier League before. We've seen that in the Champions League. I still think he's our best player. I just need to get his confidence back up. And to me, him being at his best is what's the most important for the U.S. men's national team, Christian Pulisic. Yeah, I think definitely that guy's got some dog in him. Uh, I, everything, every time he plays with the U.S. men's national team, I feel like he just flips the switch. Uh, and I, I honestly would have said Tyler Adams myself. I think he, should, I honestly think Tyler Adams is the captain of the U.S. men's national team. But that's just my thoughts on that one. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, Felipe, thank you so much. For your time. I mean, time is valuable. I think it's one of the most precious things that we have in this world. So whenever someone gives me time, 
always want to let you know that I appreciate it. But uh, let the people know where they can find you. Well, they can find me on YouTube, Tactical Manager TV, Twitter, Tactical Manager, uh, Instagram too, Tactical Manager TV. That's where they can find me. I also have my personals, but you guys don't want to follow my personals. That that just follow those. Probably enjoy right. soccer if you're listening to this. <laughs> Probably simple, Tactical Manager. <laughs> easy, easy, easy to follow. Easy but to yeah. find. Yeah. Thank you so much, Filippo, and uh, uh, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. This break was brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is your one-stop shop of all things sports. Go ahead and check it out. From NFL to NASCAR, Fanatics has you covered. So go ahead and check out the link on our bios at Insert Name FC on Instagram and Twitter. And go ahead and get yourself some shopping brought to you by Fanatics. Once again, thank you for Fanatics being a proud partner of Insert Name FC. All right, and we're back. I want to give a a real big thank you to Filippo Silva of Tactical Manager TV. Thank you for giving us some time. I feel like that was a very uh, informative interview, not only just of of just how he grew up, grew his channel, but like kind of learning a little bit about the soccer community as far as with like content creation, not just like podcasting, but also the YouTube side of things, and even the Instagram side of things. I mean, look at Eli Lesser; like that's how he he grew up his his Instagram through MLS content. And so like, it, it's a very supportive community in my opinion. I mean, honestly, like a lot of these guys, these uh, content creators when it comes to soccer have have not been, there, there's no like reluctancy from anybody. Most of them are like, oh yeah, let's do this interview. It's like been really cool and supportive. So yeah, uh, thank you, Filippo. And uh, hopefully we can bring you on a few more times um, as we, you know, try to keep growing soccer. And like you said, we need more more soccer content creators. So He's uh he's he's calling calling out everybody, but but yeah. All right, our games to recap. What you can recap? All right, so my game to recap is I'm going to La Liga for this one. Going to one of my favorite teams, Barcelona versus Sevilla, and they actually beat Sevilla three zero. I honestly thought it would have been a much harder game, but Barcelona had fifty five percent of the possession, and they outshot them eighteen to nine. Uh, out of those 18, seven of those shots were on target, four were on target for Sevilla. And, I mean, ironically, it was like the new signings that made the list of goals. It was Rafinha, Lewandowski, and Eric Garcia. Completely new signings. So that was, it was, that was like, I mean, Garcia's last year sign. He's the reason why you're, you're being monitored for, for financial. Purpose. I know, I know, I know, I know. But still, like, I consider him a new signing. Like, you know, because he, he he hasn't been too much up front okay. like with the whole Piquet thing going on and with Piquet being there, but now that Piquet wasn't playing, um, he went he was up front and ironically it was just I'll be honest it was a, a kind of a lucky slingshot kind of goal, um, but hey a goal is a goal and he was not offside so, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, boy <laughs> <laughs> my little laugh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> are you are you freaking uh are you freaking uh the 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 family guy's uh speed racer? Oh yeah. What is going on with this race? This race is a race. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're adopted. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Uh but yeah, I um I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. But yeah, it's just uh it, it's a, it was a good match actually. It was a good match. It was really yeah, I, I really like the way they played. They 
it was it was Barcelona. Like that was a Barcelona that I was just like, damn, like they're coming back. They're coming back. I'm super excited to see that gameplay. But um, yeah, uh, there's no buts. Honestly, it was just a really good. It was a good match on both sides. Honestly, it's it just Barcelona did outplay them, but um, but yeah, uh, Hector, what's your game to recap? Um, my wait a minute. Uh, my game to recap is uh, ooh, shoot, I gotta fix this. Um, sorry, I was looking at the singing bet table. Uh, my <laughs> my uh, my game recap is uh, Celtic beating Rangers four to nothing. So obviously the old firm derby, uh, one of one of the oldest derbies in in soccer. Um, and Celtic handled their business four to nothing. Um, I don't know what's going on with Rangers this year. Um, maybe, maybe the loss of, of Steven Gerrard has been very impactful for them, but Rangers have 55% of the possession and Celtic outshot Rangers 15 to 11, six to 12 with shots on target. Um, so Celtic is looking back to regain their dominance once again from the, from the, from Rangers. Rangers haven't, have actually looked pretty good. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, Malik Tillman's the, the German American player that chose to play for the U.S. men's national team could be somebody we see for the U.S. men's national team in the World Cup. Um, obviously is, is there over there at Rangers and he's been having quite the, quite the career for himself during his loan move from Bayern Munich. Um, but yeah, Celtic and Cameron Carter Victors, uh, is a, is a player that's playing over there at Celtic right now. But yeah. Big win for Celtic. Obviously, this is once again one of the one of the biggest rivalries in in all of world soccer, and so uh, you got to highlight that game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I mean, it's true, like you said, it's, it's uh, we actually did talk about him earlier. So I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. All right, our players of the week. Who's your player of the week? Okay, so my player of the week is now I'm going to the English Premier League, going to my favorite English Premier League team, Manchester United. Going to Marcus Rashford, who scored the two goals in Manchester United, 3-1 win against Arsenal. Not trying to rub any salt in any wounds there, Hector, but you know, Manchester United, they beat Arsenal 3-1. to So I'm just, just want to let you know that that happened. That happened. That 3-1 to win against Arsenal happened. It happened, but you're also still down negative four points in the singing bed table. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he 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 played a really really good game. Um, I'll be honest that that pass from Christian Eriksen, bro, that was a no. I'm sorry, Bruno Fernandez, bro, that pass was delicious. It was, it was badass. Like I was not. That that was a badass pass. So I mean that that really was the, the game to watch. But but yeah, that's my player of the week is uh, Marcus Rashford. But Hector, who's your who's your player of the week? My player of the week is Rafael Leao, who scored two goals in AC Milan's three two win against Inter Milan. So a big derby victory for AC Milan, and it was behind. Uh, their Portuguese winger, Rafael Lau. Okay. Nice. Nice. Also, nice. also, scored a goal. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
Olivier Giroud, I mean, I, I always like him as a striker. He's, he's a badass striker, too, to be honest. But yeah, so that is our players of the week. Um, wait, let me, let me do this right. Let me do this right. Uh, this players of the week was brought to you by In the Clutch. In the Clutch is an ultimate apparel if you guys love the MLB Players Association and NBA Players Association, MLS Players Association. So for you MLS fans, you want to go see some some cool MLS gear over there, um, go ahead and check it out. And they also do some college stuff and some pretty cool retro looks as well when it comes to sports. So go ahead and check it out in the clutch.com. If you use the code insert name at checkout, you will get 10% off on your purchase. I love it. The clothes are super comfortable. Uh, I got two shirts from them. I got the football is live shirt, which I had to get it in, in that dynamo orange, even though they're, they're killing me inside. Um, but hey, they fire Nakamura. So that, that's at least a bonus. Um, and Hector Herrera decided to party up with Grupo Finma. And, um, <laughs> so, so that's the, that's the reality in the Dynamo. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then I also, it, it, there's another thing you should know. I love the Astros. I'm a huge Astros fan. Um, and they had a Kyle Tucker shirt that I just had to get. So it, once again, very comfortable shirts. Highly recommend them. Go ahead and shop. If you love, if you love MLB, NBA, and of course, there's MLS stuff there, so go ahead and check that out as well. So once again, in the clutch.com, use the code, insert name at checkout. But all right, man, there is some games to look forward to this weekend. Um, we're kind of dwindling down in the MLS as we're going close to closer to the playoffs. So in the MLS, you got FC Dallas taking on LAFC. Yeah, LAFC needs to find some form. Um, they got embarrassed by the Houston Dynamo during last week, in the middle of last week. Um, yeah, they need to they need to get back on top if they want to show their dominance here in the MLS, especially in the Western Conference. And on the other side, you got the Portland Timbers taking on Minnesota United. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a good one. In Liga Mekis, we got Tigres taking on Leon and Chivas, who's now been on quite the winning streak now since they got their first <laughs> win, uh, taking on Puebla. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's, uh, Chivas has been, has been looking up. It, it's, they've been going up. So it's, it's good. Yeah. Exactly. All right. And, um, what the hell am I doing? Um, in League uh, we got Marcel taking on Lil and Monaco taking on Leon. Okay. So. <laughs> Like the both, uh, wait, did you say Monaco taking on Leon? Yeah, Monaco taking on Leon. So, <laughs> both the teams that got fined? Uh, did Leon get fined? Yeah. No, Marcio got oh, no, fined. No, no, there. Marcio. My bad, my bad. Well, actually, technically, yeah. The both of those teams that got fined. Marcio versus Leo and Monaco versus Leon. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, alright, well. so. Okay. <laughs> You're so close, Edward. I know, I know. In uh in the Serie A, we got Sassuolo taking on Udinese. And Lazio taking on Verona. So excited, Edward. Huh? So exciting. <laughs> Super excited. In the Bundesliga, we got RB Leipzig taking on Borussia Dortmund. Oh, here we go. Let's do this. And Cologne versus Union Berlin. 
Props to Union Berlin, man. They drew one to one with Bayern yeah. Munich. I that's that's what I was about to say. I was like, man, I was like, they they've been they've been they've been keeping up. They've been keeping up, man. Yeah. So way to go, way to go, Union Berlin. Way to go, Jordan Pifak. Uh in La Liga, we got Atletico Madrid taking on Celta Vigo. And Real um, Betis taking on Villarreal. Hopefully we can see some form from Atletico Madrid. Yeah. I mean, um, the Atletico Madrid has been, been struggling, man. They've been struggling. Yeah. All right. In the English Premier League, we have a battle between two teams that are currently undefeated. I, let me check that right. Let me check that right. I, I'm pretty no, no, sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I'm I right about that. They, they're both still undefeated. I think you're right. Yeah, Southern yeah, Ham, they're still they're, undefeated. Yeah. Both of them are four two and zero. So four wins, two draws, and no losses. So battle between two undefeated teams: Manchester City versus Tottenham. Manchester City. I'm going to be the biggest Man City fan this weekend because fuck Tottenham. Um. So <laughs> damn. Yep, Man City. I hope you do the business to them. I want them dismantled and heartbroken. In any way, shape, or form, because I, I I did not like them cheering Manchester United on as they beat Arsenal three to one. So I'm just gonna say that fuck you, Tottenham. Um, and Crystal Palace taking on Manchester United, who have been winning mm-hmm. ever since their loss to Brentford. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Or not losing. I don't know. I don't know if there was a draw somewhere there, but they have not I lost. Mean, they, they- they they haven't lost. Um, I mean, honestly, Anthony made his Anthony made his uh, his sign right there on the first game he played, and he scored. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm excited for Man U. So I I just uh, I'm excited for Anthony. Basically, let's just put it that way. Like. He, he has a extra pep in the step. Although I, I always said Jaden Sancho did too, so we'll see. Okay. And so that'll that'll be it for the games this weekend. I mean, there's more than just two, you know, these games are going on this weekend, but as long as you go ahead and watch some soccer, this is more like a beginner's guide, if you will, for some for some upcoming games. So there's that. So we're going to go ahead and take one last break and then we'll get going with three up, three down. What's up? It's Kelsey from the Highland Sports Podcast. Yet again, back for another three up and three down. This time, we're talking La Liga. So we're going to start with La Liga's three up. I'm going to start with Valladolid. They're away and third kids. I mean, come on. These things are absolutely gorgeous. The black and purple and gold and then and the third kit with the white with the V of purple with the gold badge and the gold sleeves. These ones are beautiful. They, they, I love a purple gold black combination. Um, I talked about it before if you weren't Tina. That, it's a tough combination to pull off but when you can do it right like Val, Valadilla did this year. Yeah, definitely a big fan of these ones. Coming in at number two though, Real Sociedad's away kit. The black with the white Little stripes going horizontally that fade in and out with the the, the royal blue logos. Uh, just something about this. Just it just it works for me. Um, I'm a big fan of you know 
subtle kits, and, and this one kind of has a little bit of a subtlety to it. And that pop of color with the blue is just a little bit added something to it that I, I enjoy. And then that third kit here for the for my three up is going to be Almera's 2023-2023 third kit. Again, you're looking at another black-based kit, but this time with an aqua splash on there. Um, I don't say aqua, some, some say turquoise. Um, we go in the zigzag pattern. It looks like kind of paint splatter in a lot of ways. And it looks absolutely fantastic. I'm a big fan of these ones as well. There were a couple other jerseys here and there that, that had, a com had, had a conversation to be in this three-up conversation. Um, obviously, Real Madrid's will forever be one of those ones that can be in the combination. But I was trying to avoid some of the big names. i go with something a little different. So maybe you can expand your jersey repertoire. And now getting to my three downs for La Liga. Starting out, number one, Getafe and their third jersey. Uh, this one just did not do it for me. This bright green, warning green, whatever you want to call it, with the bright blues as well. Obviously, I know it's in their badge to have green and blue together, but this bright of a green, I'm just not a fan. And on top of that, they go with a darker green logo combination with the Joma logo of the same color. That dark green, it's too much, too bright. Um, I, I would have liked this a little bit better if it was a dark green with a bright blue. Um, I think that could have been very interesting. And, and then, you know, flip the colors of the logos to that bright green color. I think that could be a little bit better. But yeah, this one definitely falls on the down list for me. I'm, I'm just not a fan of this one at all. Uh, coming at number two of the downs, the Mallorca home kit, or sorry, the Mallorca home kit. I'm again, zebra striping does not do it for me. I, the, the supposedly is supposed to be coming from the fire, the tiger graphic is what it says. I, you know what? I, psh, lies. This is just lies and, and lies on top of lies. This just looks awful. Um, red and black zebra striping has never been a good combination. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely falls on the down for me as well. And rounding out the bottom three here, we're going to go with the Real Batiste Balompe jersey, uh, which is the third, their, their third kit. And it's orange and green. Um, it does have some cool, cool stuff. Like there's a world map on it, but that's, that's, that's the only positives. <laughs> Otherwise, this looks like this belongs for Ivory Coast. And last time I checked, Real Batiste is not anywhere near the Ivory Coast. So, uh, unfortunately, this one just misses the mark for me. I'm not a, not a fan of this at all. Um, Real Batiste is known for their green jer jerseys. Not for orange. Um, so yeah, just not a, do not like this one at all. Everything about this one just seems off for Real Batis. Um, again, big fan of their green jerseys. Not a big fan of this one. Uh, I do like the world map, but again, just not, not good enough. Uh, not good enough for a team in Real Batis who is, is kind of known for some, some of the better jerseys here in the, at least they don't get some, so many bad jerseys normally. Um, but this one just does not do it for me. So that rounds out my top. My bottom three for the three up and three down. As always, I appreciate Hector and Edward for having me on for a little bit of Jersey conversation. And if you guys ever want to check us out, head on over to at high underscore low underscore sports. And you can check us out live Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube at high low sports or on Twitter at our, on our Twitter page at high underscore low underscore sports or live on bellyup.tv. Appreciate it, guys. And I'll see you next time. Let me tell you guys about Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports is the internet sports bar. Go ahead and check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com, to read some great articles from great writers all across the country, from hockey, baseball, golf, soccer, you name it. Belly Up Sports is the premier, not your average, website. All right, we're back. All right, 303 down, and it is the last installment of the jerseys. 
and it is La Liga. So it's the last league, the last league for me and Edward, and it's our our favorite league. Um, so yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, it, uh, it, it, these jerseys live up to us. So obviously, we always start out with Spencer, and then then we'll go to Edward. So or Edward, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, I I can go first. Okay. All right, so we're going to start with Spencer's three down. And at number three, he got Celta Vigo's away kit. Can we say Royal Checkerboard? I'd, I'd wear it if, there, if it were a gift, though. So he doesn't mm-hmm. like it, but if someone were to give it to him, he, yeah, would, he would rock it. Okay. okay. I mean, this is three down, so... Uh, Espanol's Pepto Abysmal away kit, and he sent me a picture of Kirby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw what he was talking about. That was, it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah, so good one. And at number one, he has Atletico Madrid home. Phew! I don't know about, about that one. Shaking my head. They lost me with this one. It's like when a paper gets jammed in a printer. It's a, Damn. Printer. It's a very, a very Damn. accurate. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. As a matter of fact, so according, so the website that we use to look at all the jerseys, we use a uh, footballkitarchive.com. And this was actually rated as the worst jersey, uh, for La Liga. Yeah. So, so yeah. All right, Edward, what's your three down? All right. So my three down and it's actually, so the Girona home is actually my three, uh, my third down. Okay. Uh, let's see. I had, um, oh, I thought I had the page up. I was going to explain myself. I mean, it looks ugly as hell, so. Yeah, it, it just does. Um, I, I, to me, it just kind of looked like uh, they were trying to put it. It's ironically, it messed, it's messed up that it's a Puma. Um, it just looks like a bunch of, like, they're just trying to write stripes and they put the square and then, like, they try to. I Oh, yeah. 
Right. That bad, huh? Yeah, it was really that bad. So, what's your number three? Or what's your three down? Sorry. <laughs> My three down? <laughs> so, yeah. at at number three, I got Gerona's home because it's just, just poor design. It's just, it's just too much going on with the striping. Mm-hmm. Um... My number two is um, is gonna be uh, Valencia's third. That's just an eyesore. I get it; that it looks like the crest, but uh, I'm honestly I'm not. A, I mean, the crest is kind of cool, but I don't think I would put it on a jersey. If you know what I mean? Yeah. And then my number one. Is Atletico Madrid's home? Oh yeah. The the striping is is weird, and then once again, you guys, I've kind of said it way too many times. I'm not a fan of that Nike template, like at yeah. all. Yeah. At all. So that yeah, is. They kind of screwed the they kind of screwed the preach on that one. Like this this the decision with the striping isn't great, but like the the template of it, the temp the Nike template, it doesn't help it in any way. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Number so for Spencer's three up, number three, Valladolid's third kit, just because it reminds me of a purple heart ribbon. Okay. I mean Valladolid is is a purple, so I know for sure. Uh, yeah, it just looks like the purple heart. That's funny. It, it, like the 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 sponsor kind of makes it look like a medal. So <laughs> all right. Number two is any kit, Rio Vallecano, that bolt sets it up for sure. Uh, Rayo Vallecano. Yeah, I mean, they, they got this theme going. It's kind of the same way how I felt about Crystal Palace. Yeah. Like, Crystal Palace, like, they, it's like the same thing, but it, like, it, well, Crystal Palace was a little bit different, but they kept the theme. And I like that, yeah, that Rayo Vallecano kind of kept that theme with all their jerseys, too. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, and that was also his number one was any kid, Rayo Vallecano. So. <laughs> Okay, so that was that's that's Spencer's three up. So ever wish your three up. All right, so my three up is the uh, uh, you know Atlético Madrid away jersey. I just I, I thought it was just plain simple. It's just that blue collar and the blue logo. It just pops off, like it just pops. It's the black and blue. You know, I, I like it. Pretty mm-hmm. good. And then uh, my number two. Is the Valencia away jersey? It's the black and then the orange pops. Like to me, it reminds me a little bit like of the Dynamo shirt, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, shoot, I mean it looks nice. I mean, it's a it's a Puma shirt. I like the concept. There's like some some back uh, lighting uh, designs in the back, but it doesn't take away from from the emblem or the collar or anything. It doesn't take too much away. So there's nothing too much going on in the background. So, yeah. And then my number one, honestly, it was hard for me to choose of anything. And it's not, I guess probably because it reminds me of like the older, the older uh, styles of how it used to be. I like the designs, uh, but the Barcelona home and away, like that gold, that yellow, and then that, the, of course, the classic stripes, of uh, uh, blue and red. And they actually, you know, it's not just the one color blue and one color red. They actually put two different color shades of, red, of blue and then the red, Barcelona red. 
So it, it, I like it. Like it, you know, I like those those two shirts. It was really hard for me to try to decide. And I even like the little trim on the on the sleeves. You know, you know, it has like a little green, little sleeve, little light blue, green. Uh, maybe it's a teal. I don't know, yellow, like a dark blue. So yeah, I like them. It's they they basically going back to basics on that one. So yeah. Wait, which one? The Barcelona Home and Away. Oh. Like the Barcelona Home, it's like they're going back to basics. There's no uh, stripes and then something cuts off in the middle kind of deal. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's just going back to basics. And um, the Away, it, it, it looks nice. It's simple, but it, is, it has like some sort of slight elegance to it. I, I like it. I like that, that yellow. Okay. Yeah. So, what about you? What's your three up? All right, my number three, and I'm going to go to Atletico Madrid, and I like their away kit. Right? It's just, it's just clean looking. Uh, I, and I like the, the mint color for the, for like the badge. So yeah, yeah, I like that, that, yeah. So I like that. My number two is going to be Celta Vigas home. Oh, okay. I think the gold pops with the, and plus, it's powder blue. I, f- I fucking love powder blue. So, <laughs> so yeah. And uh, my number one, um, and that's gonna be Real Madrid's away. Um, out of all the Real Madrid shirts this year, that's like to me that that one's my favorite. Um, the home one, I mean, it's, it, it is what you expect it to be, which is a white jersey. Um, which I still like it, but I mean, the purple shirt, I. I think mainly because like I have some like the last time Real Madrid had a purple jersey, um, you know they won the Champions League against Juventus, which fun fact is purple is actually Marcelo's favorite color, um, so uh, you know who now plays for Olympiacos, but yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting for him like that the Champions League final that they wore purple. That's he he says that one holds a little bit of significance to him just because he loves the color purple, uh, yeah. but yeah, but like, this, but is it purple or is it like a grayscale? No, it's purple. Okay. I would know. I would. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But yeah, no, it's purple. Uh, I like this jersey. This one I'm definitely going to try to get um, for sure. Uh, maybe maybe get Valverde. I think that's the guy that I want to get for a jersey this year. But um, yeah. yeah, I like it. I mean, I don't know when I, when I would get it because um, like, I, already, I already committed to the pink Arsenal Odegaard jersey. So I'm still waiting to get that because apparently there's a there's quite the wait wait time on that one. But uh, but yeah, so that is my three up, and that is episode 102. Man, I want to give a, a special shout out to uh, to Filippo Silva, aka Tactical Manager TV. Go ahead and check out his YouTube channel. It is very informative. If you guys want to know about the American players that are playing abroad, um, he, he has some great interviews with some. Some young U.S. men's national team players as well. Um, interviewed recently. Uh, interviewed some some guys that were part of that the the team that qualified for the Olympics. So a lot of great stuff, a lot of great content. Always talk about U.S. men's national team as well. Also check out his podcast with Eleven Yanks called Tactical Yanks. Go ahead and check them out. Uh, very informative stuff. Those two guys know their soccer, so go ahead and check them out. They're actually like coach, you know, guys with like. Backgrounds in soccer, while me and Edward are just two idiots, love to talk about soccer. So, yeah, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, wait, what? We're 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 the fans that give you the dumb fan uh, perspective. Um, yeah, pretty much. 
so shout out to Belly Up, uh, Belly Up uh, Sports because you know they believe in us. They keep pushing us. They 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 see something in us, and that that pushes me even harder to work work harder for them. Check out their website bellyupsports.com. Also follow them on Twitter at Belly Up Media and at Belly Up Sports. Also follow they're, they're all, that's also their Instagram. So go ahead and follow them as well over there. Uh, shout out to Alejandra Gomez. She created the Instagram FC logo. We love this logo love so you. much. Okay. <laughs> um, so if you guys need a logo done, hit her up at a.g.graphics for the next. Once again, a, at a.g.graphics for the next. Um, if you guys need some logo work, work, logo work done, go ahead and hit her up and mention us. Maybe she'll, she'll hook you up because we mentioned, we, we mentioned you. You, you mentioned us. I don't know how, where the fuck I'm going. It's, it's late. All right. <laughs> um, and shout out to Roosevelt Spencer, our producer extraordinaire with the intros, the outros. Um, if you guys noticed a little bit different about our outro this month, um, I mean, if you guys know what month this is, it's September. Um, me and Edward love some earth, wind and fire. And so he kind of, not as, you know, remember. obviously avoiding some copy, avoid copyright. But he did his own style of an earth, wind, and fire uh, for our outro, which I really do appreciate for Spencer because I literally just throw out shit, and then Spencer's like, "Yeah, I could do that." And so that's that's the beauty of Spencer. But as he does all this for us so much that we 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 named the award for Player of the Year, the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award, uh, for that reason and that reason only. So obviously, check him out on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. You guys need some beats done for uh, for your either your YouTube channel or your podcast, or maybe you're trying to get into the rap music or just music in general, and you need some beats. Well, Spencer is your guy. We highly recommend him. Yes, sir. I'm but that is Spencer. okay. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you saying? That boy Roosevelt Spencer. So that is episode 102. Thank you for listening. Catch us next week for episode 103. All right, take care, guys.